Hey, what's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again. Episode 16. We got a very exciting one. We got some uh, big heavy hitters on the podcast with us today. We got Mike DeLeon and Derek Engeman from several bands. I would love for you guys to just let everybody know all those bands, but uh, of Philip H. Anselmo and the Illegals fame, uh, Cattle Decaps, Gore, what, what, what is it? Scour, excuse me. Um, so I just totally lost my train of thought, but yeah, so you guys just, uh, (laughs) plug your bands real quick while I figure out what I was just about to, oh no, Christopher Beatty. Thanks dude. (laughs) Always fucking, I'm I'm getting you right up on the top. All right, cool. Thanks a lot for that, uh, intro song, dude. I I listen to it every fucking time and I love it. So fuck yeah, guys plug all your shit for us, please. What up guys? Mike DeLeon guitar player for Philip H. Samo and the Illegals. Also played for a Texas death metal bass band. We're called Flesh Hoarder, as well as old school death metal band out of the Texas area. We're called Disfigured and uh, bands that I jam for. I've jammed for some other bands in the past, but those are the bands that, uh, that definitely mean something, man. Hell yeah. And I'm sure we'll get to uh, those other projects too along the way with this with the the journey we go on this one so derek where what plug some bands for us too what's up everybody this is derek i play bass for the illegals i also have another band with phil called scour and um i play bass for another project with a couple of my other buddies cast stone and of course we can't ever forget about the world famous booze hounds oh yes, yeah uh, no longer dry mouth january around here for me dude i'm back in the drinking game (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah fuck yeah guys so uh yeah joel you 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 brought these guys on let's hear uh a little backstory on that oh i got i mean mike i don't know i was trying to think about it i think the only time we've only hung out was the illegal show or did you come to a decrepit show back in texas i we talked for a little while about it but uh i've known mike for just online for a long time we've gone back and forth and and shot the shit and he uh graciously brought me on the bus and uh with all my friends watching and watched me go hang out with uh, phil ensemble and um we're very jealous about it when that <laughs> happened i got cussed out by a lot of people when i got out. but yeah it's a, pretty much i know mike from that derek we've snuggled in a, a bunk and a double decker bus i don't know about snuggled but uh over in Europe. Aggressively. Yeah, yeah, with uh, Cryptopsy, Unmerciful, um, Decrepit Birth. Um, that was definitely a fucking badass time. Brutal uh, to it. Ripping. Yeah, definitely. Um, so actually, Derek, I wanted to go into something I was thinking about today. Um, can you go into that project? Because I know Anthony actually performed number 58 for the 99 Bottles project. What was that um, exactly? Can you just give us more information on what that was about and what that was raising money for? Yes, um, 99 Bottles was the biggest heavy metal collaboration of all time. We had over 100 guest vocals, actually, because we had a few doubles. You know, those old hounds can't keep track of the bottle they own. But um, I believe uh, Mike DeLeon was number 50, if I do recall. Yeah, oh, holding yes. it down right in the middle. Hell yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And... Um, 
No, it was just this um, project that we had for um, for a long, like started like seven years ago. Um, and for my punk band, side band, the Booze Hounds. And we were going to do 99 bottles and it just got shelved. But I remember we, we actually got like 10 tracks that we still use, you know, like John Gallagher from Dying Fetus. He was the first person to ever send his track in. And like Jason Netherton and Robin Mason. So a bunch of people sent it like seven years ago. And it just kind of got shelved because, you know, those lazy old hounds. I don't know what to say, but... Um, <laughs> When COVID hit, it was like the perfect time. It was like everybody's home doing nothing. So it gave me something to do. In fact, that's all I did for months. <laughs> it was uh, quite the project, quite the undertaking, getting 100 hounds together, you know. But um, we released the song on International Dog Day. And um, all the proceeds went to benefit Old Dog Haven. Uh, a lot of us are uh, dog owners like myself, uh, old dogs. You know, we have a couple, Winston and Clementine. There's my heart right there. So um, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but it was this massive project. And um, I think the GoFundMe is still rolling if people want to contribute to the old dog haven. It's just going to keep going forever. There's really no reason to shut it down every quarter then we make a donation. But um, Where, what's the, the URL for that? I mean, we had Phil and Selma himself laid down a track. Um, Burton C. Bell, you know, Fear Factory, Johnny Kelly, you know, oh, yeah. the Mastodon dude, Sepultura dudes, Mike DeSalvo oh, from Cryptopsy fame. That's right. He's yes, right around me. You know, we had a bunch of ladies too, you know, the, the Butcher Baby gals. Um, they were on there, and um, Robin Mason um Alyssa white glues i mean a lot of big heavy hitters and uh what was crazy is that like some people oh hold that thought <laughs> come on you buddy join the podcast this is the inspiration for uh the 99 bottles himself winston oh, what's winston. up winston what are you? yeah he's a mangy old dog but uh He's a lot awesome. of fans. How much money did uh, so far have you raised? Um, well, we originally we set our goal for ninety nine hundred dollars, and uh, we raised about two thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Good. like I said, it lives on forever, and it's on Spotify and stuff. So you can go to like your Touch Tunes or whatever any bar yet. You can just hit the 99, you know, and like bump people out for like 20 minutes or whatever. So. <laughs> we know it was uh, a of love and uh, Winston approved. You no, know? nah, dude, it was uh, a pleasure to be a part of and an honor to be a part of all, you know, a, a massive list of amazing, talented people. So to be wedged in there right near the middle. Near Can I Mike. pull up the, uh, the page for it? I got it here. Yeah, pull it up. Here we I go. that shit. Pull it up. 99 balls Ooh. for senior dogs. Fuck there he is. Winston. Clemson. Natasha. Oh, yeah. Yeah, go and, and uh, support, y'all. What the... was crazy, though, is like some people like um, Steve Salza from Exodus, like Gary Holt gave uh, him my number. He called <laughs> me up. Sorry. And he uh, was always super stoked for it because he has three old dogs himself. And he was like, can I get my son on it? And I was like, yeah, I know Cody. And 
it was just crazy like the enthusiasm behind this you know totally man oh yeah dude no i was i was uh excited like i said very excited to be a part of it and obviously uh it's for a good cause you know um yeah it's super i just cool. couldn't believe like, the list of people that were on it. i was like holy shit and was you for real yeah. i thought you're like fucking with me because i remember i was over at a friend's house drunk watching a ufc fight when you texted me that and i'm all what fucking fear factory yeah. all these like crazy bands and supple tour all this shit's gonna be on there i'm like dude Derek, Derek's going fucking big dude this is fucking red and uh we always knew odious was gonna be on there because um I owe you a couple of booze down hats. <laughs> I know you hit me up like months before. I'll like, oh, yeah. get them on the 99 and I'll send them those. those seven, six, six hats, but, uh, hey, you know, one at a time. If I didn't chug a burrito too, I still owe you a fucking top to bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> I know. I like well, totally, I totally like top like, to bottom, dude. That sounds he like, was I doing this like too. He, was, he was challenging like one person a week to like chug a beer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like he was like did this like super like there's like fucking like dinosaurs in the background he's old joel fucking chug a beer <laughs> motherfucker and i was like what the fuck okay. uh i was like yeah, dude, I a green screen right at the beginning of this covid madness and kind of went nuts for a while so i know you started off with the dinosaur and i was like dude there's no way i can match the fucking dinosaur like i'm not I'm, i was like trying to think of funny things to do and i was like dude i'm not gonna match jurassic park like there's no way yeah dude <laughs> <laughs> You should have just like put mac and cheese, just like massive amount of mac and cheese behind you, dude. That's what you got. <laughs> Pretty random. That's a poop. <laughs> so is dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. That was huge, dude. So Thanks, I mean, dude. back. I guess <laughs> probably back to the the normal format. Uh, we usually kind of go like through where you know where you started playing, what got you into music and stuff. I guess Mike, we'll go back to you. Like, what got you into playing guitar, picking it up? You know what start us there and see what uh see what comes with that man you might laugh at me maybe you won't maybe maybe you'll be like this is cool but like like when i was three years old is when i picked up my first guitar like picked up guitar started playing really took it serious about when i was eight years old but it really came down to watching uh cc deville of poison because he was like a gigantic influence so i would be like a little mtv kid just watching, you know, all the 80s glam videos. But I was just a big Poison fan. And CeCe was a shredder, you know, you know, oh. for, for, for that style. So, like, seeing him just really motivated me to be like, man, I really want to play guitar. And then uh, five, six, seven, eight, it was just like Van Halen, Aerosmith. My dad was jamming, like, Carlos Santana in the house, you know. So it was just like all these guitar players. Joe Perry from Aerosmith, man, what a great blues rock guitar player and uh so like i was just you know wanting to pick it up and then uh you know eight, eight by eight years old though my dad took me to the pawn shop got me my old first uh, little fender guitar that i still have to this day in my little guitar collection and okay. uh and then like 12 cool. years old i started taking guitar lessons and uh from a local cat here in town and then it was just you know started going to concerts and you know just just wanted the dream man of just just playing, playing tunes. And then, you know, started getting into Metallica and then Slayer and then Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel. And, you know, just started dwelling into the death, death, you know, underground death metal. And is that all in just, high school, Mike? Yeah, that was in high school. I got to see uh, Cannibal Corpse and uh, Angel Corpse uh, on the Gallery of Suicide tour um, back like in 97 in, uh, in, yeah. uh, in San Antonio. And I was like a, a sophomore in high school. 
and uh, I was a little kid, like, and I remember the pit being brutal inside this little club and just like fucking loving it. Like being like, dude, this, the energy, the, just the whole atmosphere, the blasting, you know, I, I, I was a kid. I had never heard any of this. So it was, it was a good kick in the face and it just left the imprint and it's just still to this day, that shit still, still burns alive inside me. So, uh, you know, it was just, just all that combined, man, just, just wanted to pick up guitar and then, you know, take it as serious, as serious as possible, you know, started, started wanting to do it for real, you know, so that was, so that was, that was my, uh, musical journey there, man. Thanks to my my dad, honestly, my dad hooking it up and my mom for always stuffing music, you know, down my, down my face and playing good music. So thanks to them, man. Fuck. Yeah. That's super awesome. What about you, Derek? Where did you start out? Um, well, I got, I didn't start playing bass till I was 18. Um, originally I always loved the bass and I, I can tell why I picked the bass, but originally I picked up the trumpet. I don't think Mike knows this. <laughs> and, uh, I was going to start a ska band, you know, and I was playing the trumpet at home and I was like, Oh, after a while I was like, you know what, if I played bass, I could also play metal and ska. So my point was to learn to play bass and do this MU330 cover at our uh, high school talent show that I put together. There was no talent show. And I was like, what's going on? We gotta have a talent show. So I built, I put this band together just and this whole thing so I could do it. And um, the very last minute the band fell apart and like I was just sitting there at this talent show like <laughs> just watching everybody sing like the thong song covers and stuff and i was like <laughs> but um so yeah you never got I, to perform it you never got to perform that night the band I did not perform my mu330 tribute which but it came around full circle because dan podcast my hero was actually on the 99 bottles so that there was a big go. one oh, number yeah. 50. and i i would like <laughs> to mention that derek didn't mention that he's also a great ska dancer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, take me down the path of becoming a great ska dancer. Well, I think that comes from many uh, shows growing up as a kid. You know, St. Louis had a great ska scene. Um, and by the way, I totally am down with ska. I love reggae and shit. So I, I, I love the connections and how it got from ska to reggae and all that stuff. So I'm not making fun of you at all when I'm saying it. But I had no idea that ska had its specific dance. I've skank. never been to a ska the show. Skank, dude. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's why I asked. I wanted to. Uh, <laughs> what do you do? It's like. <laughs> Was the Mighty Mighty Bostons guy like you're a big yeah, influence? You're obviously on an upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great band though yeah honestly if you go back and listen to it but totally. um, yeah um so anyway i was at home learning to play bass uh actually i got grounded for a few months for being a bad boy and um i just played bass every day after school and it was just more and more metal 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 and um when i went to college i met up with some dudes and uh jesse i think mike's met him before maybe not um cast a stone drummer and drummer in the first scour ep we like um would just you know skip class and uh listen to hate breed and all kinds of fun stuff and just jam it all day and just kind of honed our metal skills and um i'll never forget 
I was working at a bank in 2003 as a bank teller. And I was like, I knew Meshuggah was in town at Ozfest. And I was like, Jesse's like, we got to go to see Meshuggah. I was like, all right, fuck it. So I quit my job and went and saw Meshuggah. And I had like a hundred degree fever. And it was like the middle of August. I remember seeing them on stage and I was like, that's it. I'm going to join a metal band, grow up my hair. And that was the moment that I totally switched over and um, dedicated my life to metal. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And, uh, you know, just been a a whirlwind ever since, I guess. Fuck yeah. Did you ever quit a bank job for metal, Joel? Yeah. uh, No, I got fired for being a bad boy. Oh, okay. (laughs) But uh, no, I've never... uh, Right now, I actually still work for a bank right now, but I'm doing IT stuff. So I'm not, 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 I used to, I've done the teller stuff. I've gone down that road. My buddy, when I got off tour was like, dude, do you want a job that pays like halfway decent? Like, this is what I got for you. And I was like, all right, well, I need to pay rent. So let's get it done. You know what I mean? But that's, that's definitely an interesting fucking profession. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, so, I mean, as far as like, so what were the first bands that you, I mean, I guess either one of you, yeah, um, like you guys started or joined projects. Or, well, for me, I was, uh, my first band was like right out of high school, like at the end of high school, like my senior year was like my first band. Actually, my first, first band, we're going to go real back. When I was like 12 or 13, I was like in this little, I don't want to say fake band because we actually did a show, but it was like just this little band. I was on drums and uh, my brother, actually, maybe I was on guitar. My brother was on drums, but originally I was on drums, but we were called Judgment. And it was like a Van Halen, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Motley Crue tribute band. And we played like in this little saloon down the road. But my first real band was my band Disfigured. And it was like right out of high school. And uh, we started with like uh, old Sepultura covers and Fear Factory covers. And uh, we would do like uh, a, a, uh, fight covers, which was like Rob Halford's other band. Yeah. We were like doing like fight covers. And, and then we started writing our own music. And then... Uh, just kind of t- took things serious. My that band disfigured honestly did a ton of uh, stuff. We we did some really good sized tours with like a, a California death metal band I want to mention called Cephalotripsy, which is oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Angel from Angel who's on Disgorge now. Uh, you know, and uh, it, it was like 2008, and we were all just kids, and it was like uh, uh, us from Texas coming out to the West Coast and in the ride with us. We had Sean Whitaker from Insidious Decrepancy, Viral oh, yeah. Load. Shout out, Sean. And, uh, and it was just us three Same bands. That. It was, it was, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it was just, it was a really cool tour. And it was just, you know, disfigured doing stuff for the first time. And uh, a real quick little a fun fact was drumming for Cephalotripsy was Forrest uh, Stead, sick, a sick drummer. And uh, he drummed for Condemned also. And Sean Whitaker was playing. Uh, uh, vocals for viral load so it was sean on vocals and forest on drums so we kept calling the tour the forest whitaker tour because <laughs> it was it was forest and sean whitaker so it was just like it was just it was a good time love it crazy times like two weeks on the road crazy stories you know just just good underground death metal playing to whoever was there and you know just just playing some good times. I know I remember one uh, one specific show I'll, I'll talk about real quick. I'm sure a lot of you guys played uh, one time or another was a spot called um, 
the showcase theater in oh, uh, Corona, yeah. California. Yeah. Did you ever play there, Derek? Yes, I believe it I was did. Awesome, it was an awesome venue, man. And mm-hmm. uh, I was only there that one time, that one night, and it was packed to the gills. And yeah. uh, I remember, I remember everyone was there for Cephalotripsy, and it was just insane. The pit was going slamming and everything. But definitely some good times. And so Disfigured was my first band and then Flesh Hoarder. And I was also in a band called M.O.D. for a while. And we did a bunch of S.O.D. stuff. We had Billy Milano on vocals, who was an old, uh, old Joel and I, dude. Joel and I yeah, were going over that. So uh, I was I went and saw M.O.D., but I can't remember the year. So there was a SF date at any social club. Were you playing with them at that time? Man, I might have been there at that show. Because Joel was saying you were with them from 2012 to 2015 or something like that. Yeah, 2011, and, and, 2012. And it feels like, like that show I'm talking about would fit right in those that little spot right there. So I might have seen you put because I seen I seen the lineup with uh, or the four the picture of you four guys at that time, and I was like, it looks like that's the lineup that I had seen, you know. But yeah, and and we did a whole bunch of West Coast runs with MOD. So I'm sure if, if we, we, we could have crossed paths at one time or another, you know, at that show or something for sure, man. Cause I definitely want to hear a Billy Milano story at some yeah. point during this episode, dude. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh, but man, I got real it. quick, I, I want to get on to Derek. I just want to hear some of his beginnings. I mean, with the uh, serious bands and, and gigs and all that stuff. When did that really start rolling for you? Um, first band, I could give you the quick lineage breakdown, I guess. Um, when I went to college, I joined up with my buddy, Jesse, and we started a band called Atmos and, um, we gigged around. We were Kings of Columbia, Missouri, Mizzou. We were Kings of Mizzou for a couple of years. And then, um, we joined up with, uh, Mark, um, who's now in Scour and uh, Misery Index. And we started a band called Cast of Stone. And that's like, was our, that was like my first like metal band, you know, death metal and all that. And uh, what's cool about Cast of Stone is we got um, a couple years back, we got signed to Gonya Records. So we kind of re-recorded some older material and working on some new stuff too. So it's cool to like, literally like 15 years later, have your first metal band get signed, you know, and I had a lot that to do wild. with all the work that we did post Cast of Stone really. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I was jammed with those dudes in St. Louis. We were doing all kinds of cool stuff. We won all the Battle of the Bands and stuff. And uh, we played a couple of cool shows. You know, we did one with uh, Lamb of God, Anthrax. I remember nice. we were, like barbecuing with uh, Lamb of God after the show. And uh, they were all super cool. And um, so we were we were kind of building our building our way, and then Mark got the call to join Misery Index. So I was kind of left in the spot, like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Uh, so I started jamming around with these bands, uh, Ornament of Disgrace. Maybe you guys have heard of them. Um, Omicron, just like death metal bands around. And then uh, we did a show with uh, Origin, and I we had all the guys come stay at our house afterwards, and then. Uh, I remember we did like a second show with those guys and then Clint asked me if I wanted to be in Unmerciful. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. But I actually turned it down because I got the call to join this band Covenants from the East Coast. 
Mm-hmm. She had big Vinny Matthews big scours. Vinny, his Vince. Um, oh, Vince, yeah. You know, he was in Dying Fetus for a while. And um, it was Bruce Grigg who was in Misery and Next and Dying Fetus for a bit. And um, the original drummer, Matt Byers, I think was on Retaliate. The dude's a fucking ripper. I mean, complete Hell ripper. Yeah. He laid down the drums. Great record. So, uh, I told him, Merciful, I couldn't do it. <laughs> And I went on, to, I did my first tour ever with Covenants and we uh, did a- So did you record on that first Covenants demo or were they already going by the time you were on? Already had the demo, but I did all the touring for it. Okay. For the first couple releases. I remember Vinny giving it to me. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, okay, yeah, of course. It, it sounded like, it sounded like Dying Fetus, but at the same time, it was like something it had its own sound to it as well. But with Vinny's vocals, you know, it's like after Stop at Nothing had just happened and all that stuff, it kind of like had that same feel, you know? Oh, totally. And Bruce even used the VH140C classic Fetus amp that he was using in Fetus on the record. It's, that amp is crushing. And totally. so it's got that sound, you know what I mean? But yeah, there's deep ties to the East Coast and that whole scene with that band. I lived with Vinny for like two weeks during that time. <laughs> Talk about having the stories. Good God. <laughs> Real quick. And it's just, I don't want to make, I don't, I'm not trying to plug or anything because it's an earlier band of mine. But one of the most surreal things with me and meeting Vinny in person for the first time was he was wearing my first band's t-shirt when I met him in Maryland. So I'm like this... 19 20 year old kid flying across the country to this fucking festival and i show up and then i see my logo on somebody's chest and i'm like what the fuck and then i look up and it's Vinny from dying fetus and i'm like what the <laughs> fuck you yeah, know it it, it it was just a surreal i had to walk up to him i'm like dude we have to talk real quick he had it, it i he got the shirt from Derek. I had given Derek a shirt and then Derek gave him the shirt. So Derek calling you out for giving away my shit that I gave you, but still gave me a fucking killer yeah. story, you know? But yeah, sorry. Back onto your shit, dude. Sorry. No, that's not. Dude, Vince has got like, he's always been repping. He was the guy, I, apparently, they used to roll with the boom box and be like, I got the new tape. You know, I got location shit you know what i'm saying <laughs> i didn't know him back then but vince has got definitely great taste in music i don't know why he doesn't love scour as much but uh <laughs> i got a cool i got a cool vince story too like i met vince way back in the day like right when right before stop at nothing came out i was i went to see uh dying fetus and hate eternal i think maybe gold whore <clears throat> excuse me over in austin texas and uh Stop it, nothing hadn't come out yet. And uh, I was just like a 20, 21 year old kid. And I remember uh, uh, Vince wanted to smoke some weed. So we went out to my uh, to my old S10 at the time and we sat in my truck and I was pretty starstruck because I was just a 20 year old kid and I was hanging out with dying fetus, you know? So it, it was just, it was pretty cool to me. And, and we, smoked, we smoked some weed, but he had on him like in his pocket was the stop at nothing like 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 the master or like the demo but i i, I know he had it on him so so he was like hey man you want to hear what the new fetus sounds like and i was like let's check it out and he put it on and i remember schematics the first track of that album came right on and uh 
we sat there and smoked this joint. I was, you know, blown away, a brand new dying fetus. And it was just, you know, heard that and then right into one, one shot, one kill. And it was just, you know, looking over and seeing Vince just jamming out, you know, as we're listening to, to, to dying fetus. It was pretty fucking cool. And, uh, and then he went on stage and he was even like, thanks to the, to the dude for smoking a joint with me. And, you know, just, and I, yeah. and it was like, 25 30 people there you know it wasn't like it was you know it was a monday night or something and it was just it was just a really cool moment but yeah those but moments I, make the fucking night for you dude as, as yeah that a young 20 but, year old kid you know it was almost 20 years ago now and i and i still remember that one night and to him it was probably just a random night it was just a just a regular night but to me i still remember that night and i still remember that story with vince man that's so that's awesome dude. Was, i guarantee he doesn't remember me coming up to him like dude you're wearing my band shirt and he's like <laughs> uh some dude just fucking handed this to me bro <laughs> only clean thing i had in my my uh my luggage right now i got a funny <laughs> funny quick dying fetus story i saw them like uh down in san diego like i don't, I don't know what year, year it was it was like early 2000s or something like that you know and uh and they played it like this like kid like teen center kind of place like it was like no no drinking allowed no anything allowed you know and it was pretty weird it was and skinless played and stuff you know and it was just like all these like kids there like it was an all ages type thing and it was really they're like don't do drugs kids like up there <laughs> yeah nice oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah. skinless hat fuck yeah and then the skinless guys were really funny about it too. But I remember that it was, it was really good though. The show it was just funny, <laughs> you know, weird yeah. atmosphere for a death metal show, you know, one but, of those shows where they make you sound like a contract where if you cuss, you lose your fucking, <laughs> like, that, like that time we played in Florida or whatever. Yeah. Remember yeah. That place. It was in like God. Northeast Florida and it we was... couldn't cuss on stage. And then Bill did. Right. And he got, no, trouble. no, he, there's people cussing in the, in the crowd and Bill was like, what was that? What was that? And they're like, oh. fuck. <laughs> Mikey's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, we had to sign a contract saying if they caught us drinking or cussing on stage, then we lost all of our money. Do you guys have any memories of shows with those kind of circumstances? Well, yeah, the um, we were supposed to play the, I think Cattle Decapitation couldn't play some Disney place. Oh, when, like, yeah, I think um, I remember hearing that. Without yeah, a blues? House of Blues like Anaheim. <laughs> there used to be a House of Blues on Disney property, and then they started actually doing some research and figuring out all the bands that were playing in there, and they're like, this is against our morals. Guess who I? I love taking my kids to Disneyland, but it was like, dude, it's like Disney always quick to cancel. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Right, I read your email. I read your email. I I went to yeah. I went to uh um uh the uh the suffocation reunion tour at that venue is like by Goofy's Corner, and it was like <laughs> and it was like Morbid Angel, suffocation like in like whatever right when they came back the first tour I saw you know. And it was like, we're, I went with Dan and we're just walking through Disneyland. Like, what is, go we're going to see Morbid Angel. There's just like <laughs> Goofy's Corner and all. we had to park like in like Mickey Mouse's whatever spot 14. And then like, uh, we're just walking down and then- um, Kids we just crying because they can't get churros. Yeah, and, yeah. We're like, what the hell? Where is this venue? I don't even know. And then- And then all of a sudden you see Trey warming up outside. Yeah, of yeah. <laughs> we saw some He's metal wearing, hands, you know? he got his custom Mickey Mouse ears earlier that day. He's just like, what's up guys? You guys here for a yeah. show or what, dude? Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice venue. But... Unmerciful actually did play one of those Disney shows on that cannibal tour. It was a cannibal dying fetus necrophagist and unmerciful and it's like how any of those bands got a pass 
I have no I mean, idea. That's before. That's what I'm saying. It's just they weren't paying attention before, and then they started paying attention because if you guys were able to play that night with a band called Dying Fetus, right? And fucking, it's a small world is fucking a ten minute walk away. <laughs> you're like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, they ended up started paying. They somebody probably got high enough up to where they were like, yo, this band played here called whatever, and then they they read some lyrics and like wait, we need to actually pay attention to House of Blues shows now, you know? That's yeah. really what it was. Mm. Probably won't see cock and ball torture there. <laughs> yeah. Or prostitute. <laughs> which their latest record's pretty ripping, I gotta say. <laughs> um, just following up, Mike, on, on the tour with Cephalotripsy, I just wanted to shout out that Diego, who is my bandmate, we play in To Violently Vomit together. He's playing bass with Cephalotripsy and they're still going. And uh, I was supposed to go and say, share a practice with those guys and like jam with Diego and then they were gonna practice later. Um, we're still planning on doing that someday, but yeah, they're still active and, and still, and they've toured uh, Asia recently. And uh, I also just quickly Googled that, that uh, showcase theater show you just mentioned. There's video of, of, uh, of cephalotropy playing at that, that night, that, that night. tour. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, they killed it. That whole tour was awesome. Mm -hmm. it was that whole tour was so sick i'll have to check that out man for sure man with sean Indeed. on bass yeah everyone's yeah, like with sean mentioning on bass. that in the, in the comments there yeah yeah um, it, was, it was one of a kind kind of tour it honestly was just a just a one-time two weeks of just this rare death metal tour it was pretty it was pretty awesome till diego i said what's up man i smoked out with him a few times oh cool hell yeah yeah for sure yeah he's been on a, a earlier episode too we want to bring him back pretty soon so uh we're calling you out right now diego you're coming back soon <laughs> he's the man. yeah 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 right okay. um so okay, let's get back on track a little bit like uh so you had covenants going derek and then from that point forward where'd you go um so it was funny i did this tour with covenants the first one and while we were on that tour, like the very first tour I ever did was in Canada. While I was on that tour, I got a call from Jeremy Turner and I'm merciful. And he's like, hey, we just got offered this cannibal tour. What's up? And I was like, I'm, I'm good, you know? So <laughs> it was a cannibal, old dying fetus, necrophagus. And to this day, I think it was, it's the best death metal tour I've ever seen or been a part of for sure. Uh, it was like thousand cap rooms sold out but like a thousand death metal heads, you know, it was wild. The whole two were wild. Um, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Cause I didn't know Derek at the time at all, but I was so fortunate to see that tour at emos in Austin, Texas at the old emos on sixth street. And just like he said, it was just like a thousand people crammed into a room going totally ape shit. And I remember uh, uh, that specific tour I didn't know Un Unmerciful. They were just like a kind of an unknown band thrown on a really good package. So, uh, and then they came out and it was just like, almost like a fresh of breath air in the brutal death metal realm, you know, like straightforward blast beats, you know. And then, the, and then uh, I don't remember the vocalist's name, but he just had this fucking, he just had this headband where his, his head would just go like in circles and he'd just be doing these vocals. It was the gutturals. It was so sick. And, you know, and then Dying Fetus, Necrophagist, and then Cannibal Corpse. It was just a super sick package. And then later on, you know, to be in a band with Derek, it was just kind of come full circle. I'll just be you know, pretty wild. Yeah. 
pretty wild. Was King drumming on that tour? Oh, yes. Shout out James King. 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 Have you guys talked to him lately? I haven't talked to him for a while. I text him here and there, you know. Yeah, just plumbing. Plumbing, not drumming no more. <laughs> plumbing, not drumming. <laughs> it's just big daddy, big daddy Kang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, he's doing yeah. the family thing. It was funny when I was, uh, I was the best man in his wedding. And oh, uh, damn. I was like, well, I guess you have some kids up next. And he's like, never, I'm never having kids. <laughs> Now he's now, all about. Now he's got like mini yeah. motorcycles and shit for him all the time. Fucking <laughs> those kids are so badass, dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> Rad. So that's yeah. that's fucking sick. Yeah, I hear all these stories. Everybody who's toured with cannibals, like, dude, it's the best fucking tour you could you could go on. You know, mm -hmm. it's just every single night. You're you're guaranteed to have hungry metalheads just packed into the venue and everybody's ready to fucking headbang, dude. I remember uh my band disfigured we we got to open for all the national bands morbid angel deicide brujeria crib popsy suffocation we opened for everyone but we never got to open for cannibal corpse and i it was just my favorite band of death metal band you know, of all time so it was just like you know come on oh, we, we know we want to get a cannibal show just you know a show would be great and i remember all the years went by and it never happened and then finally, the stars aligned in 2019. And of all bands, it was with the Illegals. We got to play at Hellfest in France. And we got to play the same day as Cannibal Corpse. And it was just for me personally, just being just a kid again, a gigantic dream come true to be like, finally, I got to play with Cannibal Corpse. And it was, in, you know, to be in France of all places, it was just a really cool, a really cool thing. And I remember being side stage there and they were playing Scourge of Iron and it was just like the heaviest, heaviest, coolest shit, man. So it was, it was my first time. So it was my only time. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was over at, it was at Hellfest, man. I was pretty stoked about it. Sick. Fuck, I'm glad that happened, dude. That sounds amazing. To wait that long, you know, you're like, and then it's a huge fest and you're like, oh, of all the times it's now you know yeah plus like derek knew all the guys so it was just really cool derek was like hey mike meet paul hey hey you know the just just you know just meeting everyone and it was just it was just super cool you know it just it was just we we're all backstage everybody was just hanging and being real cool and you know it was just it was just a bunch of brothers hanging out and playing music all day long so it was how, pretty, how red, cool pretty is, red how cool is alex webster i remember i was backstage at like mayhem festival or something and dan kenny's band was playing and um he brought me over to the cannibal guys and he brought me to alex and he was just all oh this is a, a joel from odious mortem he's like oh and he started nerding out on me about odious mortem and decrepit birth and i was like sitting there just like frozen like what the <laughs> fuck like this is like i have so much to tell you right now but you're like talking about like bands I'm, i know i'm like what the i could not believe it he's an actual legit like metalhead still to this day yeah like, he's a cali bands. Man, dude he likes totally. all the cali death shit that I mean, I think he, he caught wind of that unique leader, that that wave that we caught too, you know? I totally. Mean, you know, you could, totally. As a fan, he was... I mean, he was he like he's playing the biggest out. death metal band in the world, but still, he caught that wave, you know? He smelled that fucking, that delicious pie coming from down the road, and he <laughs> fucking followed that scent, dude. And he got to it, and that's that's awesome, though. It's like, it, it is really like full circle type shit that we're kind of talking about here. It's like, you you grow up 
being influenced by certain people and then to have just even one time one of those people go full circle and actually compliment you on your projects that you've done or whatever it's just like that's dude it doesn't matter about the fucking money it's like it got it, it just got further enough it got further out enough to where it's like somebody who i respect actually respects something i've done you know that's the main shit dude and and I, and I would think with alex he is the reason why unmerciful got on that tour mm -hmm. he played on the album you know so he was like hey i know a band that could open up the tour and he got unmerciful on it you know how many I mean? of those and unique little bands two things two things real quick sorry it was jeremy turner had toured with cannibal already oh, that's right then, i remember that yep and then we got signed to unique leaders so it was like the perfect storm mm -hmm. to do that tour mm-hmm roster actually did open up a cannibal tour because we got severed deeds, deeds. archaic archaic unmerciful and uh, there has to be at least one or two. Oh, severed savior yeah severed yeah savior did a tour with cannibal corpse too before i was in yeah i watched uh i watched that i was there as a a spectator before i joined several years before i joined but it's it's just like yeah dude to see your friends get up there on that stage and you're like cannibals playing the same night it's it you feel you feel that energy you know you're like my fucking homies did it dude fucking environment, you know recently did a tour with him yep yep we could do a whole like i mean i'm sure you guys have done it just a whole podcast on the whole cali death metal scene from way back in the day to today there's so many <laughs> good Dude. bands that have, you know, as a Texas guy, us Texas guys, you know, we're, we're all into, you know, checking out bands from all over. So the Cali death metal scene has definitely put an influence on our style. You'll definitely hear, you know, that more techie, uh, straightforward blast, that Deeds of Flesh influence, you know, on, on so many bands, you know what I mean? Severed Savior too, such a big influence you know, on, on, on so many bands too. Odious Mortem too. Like I remember, I remember being like 10, 12 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. And, and, you know, my underground friends already talking about, Hey, check this band out. And it's being blown away by it. Like, dude, this is so sick. And it's another Cali death metal band, you know, wow. just to add on to the stacking already amount of bands that were already doing it. So, you know, it, that's just you know i could go on about how awesome that scene has been and disgorge you know how huge of an influence they've oh, yeah. been on so many bands you know condemned and just on and on and on and, and uh but yeah you know total respect from you know to all that scene and everything you know that's yeah a, dude i mean we've said it we've said it a couple times i'm sure but that's you know the the foundation of this podcast is our love for this scene and who we've met along the way from outside of it you know so it's like we talk about cali death we you know it comes up as like what's your connection to cali death but it's just like this is where we're at this is this is what we did these are the people that we've met along the way all the cool motherfuckers like i'm so glad to have met you guys today because i'm already having a fucking great time you know and 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 it's just like fuck yeah dude and it's just super fucking cool for this to happen you know and 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 to as an artist and i know it's a little ego thing but it's like it's cool to hear that something that you did made a little splash 
you know? Oh, definitely. Little drop in the fucking bucket, you know? It's just like it made a little ripple effect and and some people saw it. And that's and listened to it. And that's super fucking cool to me. And, and like and like the like the cool thing about it for like guys like say me or Derek, you know, who jam with Phil Anselmo, it gives us guys, you know, that opportunity of all the bands that influenced us per se scour you know Derek's a big black metal dude it just gives him the opportunity to do that style of metal you know what I mean and and and, and to do it with Phil on a lot on a bigger basis which is totally you know totally awesome and then to do like the illegals you know and with Derek too just to have that freedom of just writing death metal riffs and like uh just you know spastic ass shit and and to do it with Phil and the illegals is is definitely just a it's just really cool because we have that freedom to to bring that style or to bring this style and kind of just emerge it all together and and put it and put it out man and and just make it our own so it's it's really really cool yeah dude so let's hear a little bit about that like so how that came about so you guys are at those points that we left you at in your in your your journeys like so you you guys converge on each other at one point before that or was it a separate thing or let's take me down that that route you go for it first derek well are we talking illegals or what are we talking here yeah like how, how i mean if if we're leaving too much out of the timeline by getting straight to that that we let's go out over some other shit but i'm just trying to i'm like i want to i want to see how you guys converged on each other and then how that yeah. all came about hell yeah There's, we could talk for a hundred podcasts of how we got to this spot you know well, what I'm saying? we love we love multiple bad. parts on these uh podcasts so you guys can always come back too but yeah just give us a little quick rundown like well for me i guess from my my standpoint i um a quick lineage for me my my tenure with phil is i uh i met him at the house core horror F film festival cattle decapitation played we were actually the first band announced that year so it was like a big deal for us nice and uh I met Phil within like the first five minutes of being at the festival. I was like, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a great weekend. <laughs> and, um, you know, I got to meet him and chumming up a bit. Of course, all the other legals were there. Um, but uh, Cattle Decapitation actually had Phil do a guest vocal on uh, one of our songs, The Prophets of Loss. Yeah. On the Extinction. Love that song. We had the spoken word part. And, you know, I think Travis is something like, oh, this would be a great spoken word. And I was like, oh, I know somebody who can do a spoken word. <laughs> yeah. And so we set that up. And um, that's kind of how we started working together and then started Scour. And then um, it was just a good rapport I had with Phil. And like, I would come see the illegals and Super Joint and whoever, they would come to, you know, brick by brick, 10 minutes from my house. Of course, I'm going to see Phil, you know. Of course, I'm going to stop by Urban Leaf and bring him some treats. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I would just see him, you know, all the time and come see him. And just, I think, you know, one of those times I just asked if I wanted to be an illegal. And I was like, of course, you know, why wouldn't I want to be an illegal? Jesus. And um, <laughs> the first show I did uh, was actually in Santiago, Chile. And we were doing Pantera sets. We were doing illegal sets, the death metal, and then the Pantera tributes, but I just jumped into it about as 
hard as you can jump into the deep end. I mean, if, if you watch the footage, it's just like the whole, the crowd. whole soccer crowds jumping up and down, singing the riffs louder than yeah. your guitar amps. You know what I'm saying? It was wild. And that was my first shows with these guys. And the whole year was just a fucking nut job ride, you know, ending up with touring with Slayer and, uh, you know, meeting all kinds of awesome people are, you know, people we've been fans of for years. They're just like, you know, Phil's homies. And as Mike was saying, like, it's cool to like, not only to like be in the circle of like, you know, the cannibal corpse homies, but it's even cooler when you're like, talking to Alex Webster that you have known for a long time. And I'm like, you've never met Phil? And he's like, no, no, I've never met him. I'm like, come on. And then me and Mike brought him over to Phil and like Eric Rutan, you know, those guys have been homies for a while, but that's even a cooler spot to be in. We're all like watching Slayer side stage at Hellfest. And we're like, oh, hey, Alex Webster, Phil, you never met Phil? Oh, Phil, oh, there you go. And these are just all your homies at this point, you know, so 2019 was a fucking wild ride. Uh, as far as for me is for the illegals. I mean, Mike could tell you from his fold where he came in, you know, he came in uh, a little bit earlier than myself on the last record, of course. For Mike. for me, for me, uh, especially being a Texas dude, you know, Pantera was like, you know, a, a gigantic staple. It was just like, you know, like the biggest band, you know, I remember having Pantera plastered on my walls as a kid, you know, as I remember clearly standing in front of a mirror, no shirt on, Bonsa hanging out just like Dimebag, and air guitaring, you know, right along the Pantera blasting all my speakers. So fast forward to uh, when I was in MOD, I um, I was over in, in Europe, and uh, I was a big fan of Philip. you know, I met him a couple times just as a fan. And uh, I knew MOD and, and the illegals were, were crossing paths at a specific festival, and it was in Germany. And uh, we we were we were there the same day. Uh, Billy and Phil, you know, got to hang out, and I got to meet the guys in, in the illegals. And um, I guess they were they were looking for for someone to to, to come into the band and uh, and and take over on some guitar. And that day, I was just so happy to be warming up playing some death metal because that was my background before the MOD set. And um, fast forward to a few months later, I got a phone call from uh, Steve-O, Steve Taylor from The Illegals. And uh, he was like, hey, Mike, you know, hey, Mike, you, you're interested in playing uh, guitar for The Illegals. And uh, at that moment in time, I was working minimum wage as a fast food restaurant in Italian, making pizzas. And I was like 32 years old, like just working a part-time job making pizza. And I remember getting the phone call and just being like, fuck this. <laughs> just, you know, I mean, just, just so happy, you know. And, you and six, no, <laughs> no more, just like, but, 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 but like uh, at, at that time, I was really busy with MOD. I remember we were right in the middle of about to record a brand new album and go record it at a really nice studio in California. And so it was like, I just had a crazy time in my life. And um, MOD, we ended up breaking up, uh, just going our separate ways. Um, and uh, and I remember I you know I hit up Blue, Blue told me to hit up Phil. He get, I hit up Phil, and then a week after I hit up Phil, I was there at the house at the lair, and uh, I had like I, I don't know I had a tryout session, and I remember I learned the entire first Illegals record, 
we Phil walked in. I was a nervous wreck. I remember shaking and uh, and uh, we didn't do anything off the new first album. Phil was like, let's show them new stuff. And it was just right into just learning new song, new song, new song off the new off off the album we just put out. So it was just a, a, a cramming weekend of notes. We, we did. We learned a bunch. And I kind of just was like, you know, you're in, you know, you, you're here, you're showing up. I, and it was just, it was just, it's just been a brotherhood of just jams and just we're, we're, we're a packed, we're always, you know, just having fun, you know, we're, we're, we're focused and it's just been a, it's been a really good, really good time. And uh, I got to say the freedom that we've all had in that band has just been the best. Just the freedom of music has just been, it's just been the best of it all because we could do soft music to fucking death metal and everything in between. So it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a great, great time, but that's how it all came into play. Germany, MOD cross, you know, cross pass. And one thing led to another and uh, I got the call, man. So very fortunate. And it's been a, been a blast, man. How did you want to Billy Milano connect? Uh, Billy moved to Austin, Texas. And uh, I remember I was a gigantic SOD fan as you know as anybody was you know sod was that speak english or die album was you know a staple to us high school kids you know and uh i loved it and then when he moved to austin he was a a sound guy at this bar uh headhunters which is little dive bar up in austin you know rest in peace and we played there all the time so we kind of just became friends he would be working sound for us and i'd be like it's billy milano he's (laughs) working he's working sound over there you know he he was the door guy for a really long time and people would trip out and it was he was the door guy taking everybody's card it was billy milano you know i thought he owned the bar did he not own the bar no he he, a lot of people thought he owned it but he was just like a manager he would like manage doesn't dan dan lilker still work well before the pandemic he was working at a record store too still he was just like loving it too I he lets everybody know where he's working there too. He's like people, fans are showing up all the time, and and he he's fine with it, dude. He actually loves it. I'm sure that's an awesome interview. He's a stoner, so that's a cool job for him. I'm sure he enjoys. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. So, uh, yeah, so any, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Keep no, going. so so I hooked up with Billy that way, and he was looking to get Mod back up and running, and he hit me up, and and things just took off from there, man. It ended on a bad note. I really don't like talking about it, but totally. it, it it definitely we got to play Hellfest on the main stage like in 2014, you know, with Iron Maiden and Slayer. And we were I was just a little kid playing in front of like, you know, 30, 40,000 people. So he I got to say thanks because he did give us, he, you know, he gave me a gigantic opportunity when I was just a dude playing in a death metal band. You know, I wish it would have ended on a better note, but things happen for a reason Philip said and now you know the illegals are headstrong so it's been it's been a, it, it is it is what it is man it's pretty yeah. inspirational with you like on um, you and Derek both are like you know coming from kind of humble beginnings in your bands to both and both kind of like similar kind of upbringing starting in small bands and stuff like that to both being you know Derek playing in cattle Derek playing on scour you playing with MOD and then the illegals like you guys are fucking playing Madison Square Garden all of a sudden coming from like you know jamming with your your bros and the you know your jam spot to doing that it's pretty fucking inspirational man <laughs> like seeing you up there at the at the oracle arena in oakland um i went there and watched that uh slayer uh illegal show 
And I was just sitting there like, I know those guys. That's fucking weird, dude. <laughs> They're like up there just crushing Pantera. Like, like I have Mike's playing fucking Dimebag riffs, like my old time childhood shit. He's just up there playing for like a sold out arena right now. Like, it's fucking insane, man. That, yeah, I was watching uh, that. What what's the footage from what what was the fest festival in Serbia? That's the footage that I was recently watching. That was a sick festival. Super yeah, sick it was festival. Huge, dude. It was it was a festival, we were watching festival play while we were setting up. Remember they were like across the yard or whatever? Who? Wasn't that right? The Colt? Yeah, the uh, Colt was <laughs> Colt was like was, playing like across like the you know the, the outdoor field. area. We were just like setting up our gear, like this is epic. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, it was pretty rad. It was pretty rad. I they were playing Fire Woman, the last song of the set. It was jamming yeah. out, and we're over there like plugging our stuff and like, dude, the Colts on stage. It was pretty rad. And like Tempesta came out and like hung out with us like the night before, because we came to the festival the day before, and we were didn't we go? That's the night that like um, we see like the B52s. Was that the same night? I think that was the same night I was like, talking about that Watching show. the B-52s with like Tempesta, you know, like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Rock Lobster. <laughs> What's the other song? Love Shack. You got Love Shack. Yeah, it was killer. They were all dressed up with the hair and everything. It was pretty rad. So, yeah, so but what you were saying, well, Joel, it's like, Mike and I always talked about, like, we always, like, we never knew each other, but we, like, just assumed that one day we would, like, know each other or jam together or something so when we were in the illegals we're like finally we're <laughs> we're doing something and we're like the you know a couple months age apart you know we're like the first made. time me and Derek jammed too like the first weekend it was like a secret jam and and it was we were all in Dallas Texas together and uh you know I had met Derek a few you know, quite a few times already we had already hung out you know and uh but it was our first time ever like plugging up and Derek was plugging up. And, you know, I was a fan of Derek because he was in cattle decap. I knew Derek, I was a fan of his playing. So like to be in a room with him, even, and I was like, man, this is cool. This is Derek from cattle decap and we're plugging up and we're jamming together. And uh, ever since just being in a band with him, it's just been an entire blast. We've just been having nothing but fun. And as you guys are, you know, probably all know, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just it's just a good time and we you know we hit it off so when we got word hey food, you, know, you, know. you know yeah we went to twin peaks that night you know the, the night that we we our first jam we went oh some, yes yeah we just hung out and had some drinks and it was just you know a total uh uh just a, a hangout man and, and it was just a cool weekend of just secret secret jams man so it was cool okay secret not so secret yeah secrets <laughs> Secret sessions. <laughs> it was wild because we uh, we got an opportunity to go see um, you know Big Bruce before he passed. Our buddy uh, and he like took this picture right away and I posted it, like immediately. We're all like, <laughs> it was supposed to be a secret a secret jam and a friend of ours, Bruce Corbett, who was a singer of Virgo Mortis, who passed away um, a couple years ago now um posted a photo and we were like man words gonna get out there we're kind of getting together and it was kind of kind of thrown well, out we there. Could tell him to, like take it down or anything because he was you know kind of at the end 
and he was excited to see people and stuff but we were all he's like let's take a photo we're like okay cool and then he like was posting it right in front of us <laughs> and we were all like looking at each other like uh <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool it was cool it was great to see him too I'm like, jesus one trip you could think about like i remember mike we brought me up to to meet phil because you know i had no idea what you know i've all the pantera home videos i've you know i've memorized them that was like my shit as a kid like three is my one of my favorite video of all time um and then just going up there i had no idea what to expect because i i didn't know i know he was he's he's off the sauce right he's not drinking is he no he hasn't had a drink and it's it's been a quite a few years now totally you know, he, no, was... he definitely he definitely you know will smoke a joint with us hang out you know what i mean but he's not drinking or anything he's just hanging out man he yeah you brought me back there and i was like uh just you know obviously freaked out but um didn't know what to expect and he was just sitting chilling watching his like ipad watching like horror movies and stuff and he just jumps right up and just puts his arm around me he's all what's up man how's it going and just like super bros down about like football and stuff and we just start talking i'm just sitting there just going like all right this is insane try not to be too fanboy just fucking chill and talk but he seemed like the fucking nicest guy i've ever you know from what i've seen on videos of him being just hammered and being crazy and and you know throwing stuff and being like throwing mics on the ground and being all nuts to like the super fucking lovey chill guy man it was it was blew my mind yeah he's he's the coolest man i i I always call him uh, the boss because he's my boss. You know what I mean? As, you know, it's super cool to have Phil as your boss. And uh, so I just say he's the coolest boss to have because he's just so still full of life and just full of humor. And just, you know, he he always he always and he's just full of riffs, too, man. Like he's like a riff master. He'll pull the guitar out and, you know, give him a guitar pick. And within five minutes, he's got he's got that feel just that attitude and he just comes up with something so he's definitely one of a kind and uh, i haven't seen him since march i haven't seen derek or any of the illegals since last march Damn. so like i'm i'm missing everybody man i'm you know i'm missing everyone and i can't wait to uh to be in a room with all the homies again it's definitely gonna be uh it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, uh right around the corner from philip's house is a waffle house so every morning we wake up and we go eat at the awful waffle and uh we just have <laughs> stories and stories of, of of our trips over to the waffle house and uh so i'm looking forward to getting back to the house and getting back in our routine of 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 munching out breakfast smoking down and then getting to work because that's 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 what you know i miss it and i'm ready to ready to do it again man does he have like a compound where like a, a full like recording setup at his house and stuff is there like a it's like a full just living area recording place or something that's yeah that's pretty much exactly what it is our our whole recording jam sessions and everything is pretty much being tracked so any ideas and anything that we want to go back and listen to at days in we just you know we, we we can go back and and do that and you most of the time we do we'll we'll track stuff all day long and usually we'll end up at the you know upstairs where the where our, our playback is and we sit around and we'll sit there for a couple hours and just kind of listen to everything that we that we did for the day and then whenever we're really ready to record we we do it right there on the spot too so it's 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 a it's definitely a really nice setup how how he has it out there you know do you guys write anything aside well during the pandemic is you guys have must have had to change your songwriting uh styles so have you guys been writing on your own now because it sounds like that's how you guys used to do it is just 
get in the studio and jam out with each other and record it, whatever, you know, has some promise to it. You take that, rework it and make it better. So now you guys are at all at home. Like you said, you haven't seen each other since March. So has, has it been a, a prolific pandemic for you guys at all? What do you think? What do you think, uh, Derek? Yeah, I mean, it's, we've been like, you know, recording riffs and laying them down, sharing them with each other. Mike sent me some earlier today, actually, which I still need to listen to. So I'm gonna, after this podcast, I'm gonna throw those phones on. I had a crazy, crazy bullshit day, but uh, it's actually good to see all you guys. You know, it's kind of like, Cheers, this man. is like going out. Yeah, you know I, mean? I know. <laughs> One of the reasons why we do it too is just social hours. Excuse to hang out with my my homies that I hang out with every week. Plus, I get to hang out with some new homies. You know, so right. it, it, this is this is definitely a, somewhat of a therapeutic session as well for everybody. It's just like somewhat of a normalcy. You know, for get to hang out. Yeah. Uh, now I'm drinking beers again. I'm I'm over the dry January shit, so I'm partying with you guys right now. Cheers. Thick. <laughs> But yeah, I think we're all ready to jump into that room and start laying down the sickness together. Yeah, I mean, it, that's, a, the reason why, that's the reason why I asked you guys. Yeah. It's just because of, like, I know that so many other people have have taken advantage and not taken advantage. But, you know, a lot I could see that there's artists out there that really had a lot more time than they usually had and decided... I'm not going to keep myself crazy, make myself go crazy. I'm actually going to just dive into something hard and, and start creating even more, you know, and odious has got shit. Casey's been chiseling away over there, bro. We're, we're, we're fucking, we're pretty damn close to start getting some pre-production going for another album, dude. And it's, That's it's good. wicked. It sounded fucking wicked. Casey's a, He's on a tear. Yeah, yeah, he is on a tear, dude. And it oh, dude, when you way. when you lose your business and you can't leave your house, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, but no, seriously, it's it's like it's cool because like I feel like there's a frantic like emotion to this to the new stuff that like represents like this year just of just ah and just you know I don't know yeah. it, like it fuels the fire like and it's like it's like motivated me because on the last one it was more like oh yeah like cool new ideas and we had these songs that were from ever ago and we're writing it so anyways but the new stuff's just like it's all about this year you know <laughs> like, yeah and there's yeah. plenty of fire for that to you know just pent, yeah. pent up energy pent up emo everything you know everyone's been so I would say for, me, for me personally it it's definitely had its pluses and minuses you know what i mean yeah. i'm sure for <laughs> all of us you know what i mean but with me having a a family and my little boys and all and my daughter and all um you know being 2018 2017 2019 fuck all the way up before that i yeah. was always you know always gone you know and uh mm -hmm. touring and you know come home and then go tour and then come home so i gotta say being home this last year has definitely been a big plus i gotta see my kids you know grow up for a change i gotta be here for all the the normal stuff that i'm never here for you know so that has definitely been a plus Plus, I've been writing like fucking crazy. I got my studio set up here in my room. I've just been writing and writing, you know, for all sorts of projects. I'm kind of starting a, a new project. I'm not really talking too much about, but I'm going to be jamming with a buddy from another pretty good sized band. And uh, 
we're, 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 you know, we're two Mexicans and we're, we're just going to be putting together some songs and uh, just seeing what, what comes out of it. And, uh, and then I kind of got like, tell us more. What is this? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, at least give us a little taste of like, uh, uh, styles that you might possibly be honestly playing. like uh i kind of hope it's more of like uh i don't know it, it's just gonna be like uh, a little bit of everything i don't know uh it's just a friend me and a friend me and a friend of mine throwing some old school metal ideas together and we're gonna see what we can conjure up together and uh i'll talk more about it as more it's still in the early phases. Derek's so, uh, 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 so, uh, I'm trying to think who it is. I'm like, is it Rizzo? Is it? <laughs> so, you know, some demos are being thrown around and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's just a couple of Texas, Texas Mexican dudes. Okay. Oh, Cali Pod exclusive. Uh, he plays in a band that we toured with, Derek. If that, okay. gives you a hit. Right. <laughs> if that gives you a hit. You saw we'll, the, we'll the, go sleuthing, the equation going on. I don't know who it is. So, so besides that, it's just been a good year of just home and tons of writing. I've just been recording all sorts of music, like Depeche Mode ripoff, goth yeah. music, to like uh, blast and death metal. It's just been, I've just been recording everything. I have a lot of music that sounds like Carlos Santana. You know what I mean? That's just like Pink Floyd stuff. That's just like kind of out there piano stuff that's just getting high and writing what I feel at the moment, depressing blues, you know? So, and then, and then writing a lot of brand new illegals. So that's been, it's been a really good time for that. And then lately, uh, Gojira just put out that new uh, mural uh, uh, um, yep. plugin. And yep. uh, um, I got hooked up with that through my homie Taylor, who, who uh, works with the Gojira guys. And, um, I've been using that to record lately and man that thing has been a, it's been a blast has all sorts of good tones and just tones for days and, and this little plug-in so yeah. i've been having a lot of fun messing around with that and uh and uh shout out to the gojira guys on that one man you guys put together a, a badass uh guitar plug-in and, and besides that it's just been a lot of working weed smoking and family time man so it's been it's been really good man Dude, cool. it sounds like just like my life other than the being prolific at writing shit one fun story that we have on our last european tour we did we had a uh, we flew into amsterdam a day early just so we can get acclimated to the Euro european time that's the that's totally the reason we went to amsterdam a day early <laughs> but we had rented this boat so we're just like i remember steve and i picked it up and um, we grab all the illegals, Phil and Kate and everybody, and it's just all the illegals, you know, rolling down these canals in Amsterdam. And then I got a text from somebody saying like, oh, you know, or I think Mike said Gojira's in town. I was like, oh, no shit. I was like, I know there's, you know, their guitar tech. And so we just worked it out. At the end of the night, we ended up going and like seeing Gojira and they put us on the list and we got to hang out with them after the show and everything. And it was just like completely random. It's super cool. And then uh, later in that tour, we actually played a show with them in a castle yeah. with Slayer. Like, Gojira went right after us. And I was just like, man. Jesus. <laughs> what do you want? It was hot, dude. A so castle a little in Italy with Slayer? Come on, dude. I'm like... <laughs> 
I know. That was, that was a wild time because we did the show with Gojira Slayer, and there was a bunch of other couple of like awesome bands, and then um, it was in this inside a castle, super epic. And we had a day off, and on the day off, we didn't even know about it, but the Slayer tour got announced. Like, we didn't even know really that the tour was going down. Like Phil kind of kept it secret from us, and then like it all got announced. It was just like the most epic week <laughs> of all time. I think I definitely cool. uh, I texted Mike that when it got announced, I was like, "What the fuck, dude? You've uh, you've joined the right project, man." That was uh, I mean, obviously it's it's you can't turn that down, but Jesus Christ, man, Slater's final tour, like, dude, it, it, I I just remember you know when we got the word, it was just like we were all blown away. You know what I mean? We were, you know, we're all just fans. We're all just, you know, dudes, you know, just playing music. So, you know, to be on tour with such a legendary metal band, it was just, you know, pretty eye-opening. And uh, we, were, we were talking about that Madison Square Garden show real quick. I remember when we were doing like the huddle or like when we were all getting together right before, we, we like to do a band huddle where Phil like, you know, gives us that football huddle and, you know, we all break and then we're on, you know? And I remember telling the guys right before we went on, which was sold out Madison Square Garden, we were the first band. I told the guys, don't forget, we just played Frankie's Pizza earlier this year, 150 <laughs> people in Australia. <laughs> it was just like, we went from this little 150 bar Monday night pizza shows in a pizza parlor into the same year we got to play Madison Square Garden with Primus Ministry and Slayer. And it was just like a total whirlwind. Like, we, how did we go from a pizza parlor to Madison Square Garden in, in such a, a, you know, 10 months? You know, I was like, it, Frankie's it was Pizza in Sydney, Australia. I mean, come on. In Australia. <laughs> That's why I said I was in Australia. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was still so epic. It was pretty epic. It was pretty epic. I won my Frankie's Pizza uh t-shirt the other night man so shout out to Frank uh, i thought pizza. you were about to say you wore the t-shirt on stage at madison square garden that would have been, oh, that would have been fucking killer too. dude that, that would have been, been too, so dude. perfect but it was pretty awesome to go from one end of the spectrum right into the other end of the spectrum and and to be able to go hold it down you know and we did a full pantera set inside that little tiny pizza bar and then we did a full pantera set inside madison square garden and it was just like i said this it was just a pretty pretty epic uh experience man and walking down the hallway and backstage at madison and seeing like billy joel and and tina turner and paul mccartney and just so you know all the big stars and then there's me and derek walking down the hallway with our gear it's just like what are we what are we doing, what are we doing here? <laughs> none of us we're... none of the bands that we i know we're talking cali none of us would ever have that walk yep none of us would ever have yeah. that walk. well yeah you know, <laughs> Joseph's like, well, dude, I'm still young. Dude. You don't know where I'm going. Dude. I'm a little younger, but you know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes, but uh, you know. <laughs> Joseph's actually trying out for the Knicks later this week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, ball is life, dude. You know. I'm no, that's on my beer, dude. That's like, dude. I'm I'm feeling super inspired just listening to you guys' story. That's like the sickest thing ever. You guys are fucking coolest guests, dude. This is so rad. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, this is well, it's just, it a pretty rad time, man. Pretty pretty crazy. That tour was was. Yeah. I guess it was one of a kind. Just just all the 
people that we met and just every night of the tour i was trying my you know every night going into the crowd and just saying hi while you know meeting people smoking weed you know it was before the pandemic we were just out enjoying our lives and you know and uh watching slayer with philip you know and the illegals every night we, we tried to go out and little our little secret spots and try to watch slayer as every night of the tour as we could and uh was there any like crossover things where like phil would do a guest song a guest spot on a slayer song or any of that type of thing going on during the tour no we talked no. about that Terry come out to do a solo on um a couple songs but it just never happened yeah i don't know can I yeah, ask? I wish... Sorry, can I ask? Just uh, since you're playing a lot of like Pantera songs, like what what are like the highlights of playing a Pantera set? Like favorite song or solo or you know that's kind of yeah. When does the crowd go the craziest? All that type of shit. Well, mm. I would say the craziest is always "Walk" because everybody you know loves the song "Walk." Uh, everybody sings along, especially in South America. They would go crazy for that song. But me personally, my favorite song to play when we do the Pantera stuff would be a song, uh, a Pantera song off the very last Pantera album, Reinventing the Still. Yeah. It's a song called um, Yesterday Don't Mean yep. Shit, which oh, is yeah. a ripping Pantera tune. It's more upbeat and it just it's just fucking pummeling and uh, it has a ripping guitar solo. And uh, it's, you know, I even get to do some backup vocals with Philip, which is always a treat because, you know, he's such an influence. So to be able to like go back and forth and do vocals and play guitar, it's just like James Hetfield or some dumb shit. You know what I mean? So it's it's just really, really cool and uh, and whatnot. So that would be my favorite song. I don't I don't know about Big D over there. <laughs> uh, that is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I can tell you which ones are like not my favorites. The ones <laughs> yeah, that are harder. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you what those are, but um, it's like walk. (laughs) Always stand out. Like there was this moment when we were at Madison Square Garden, all the lights came down to like blue and purple, and we were playing this love sold out show. And I just remember looking at Phil and singing, and I was like, "You just one of those moments you just take in, you know." But um, I mean, even Mouth for War is a fucking banger, and. becoming's a banger yeah becoming yeah the first half of um new level is a banger but then it's got that solo section where the bass is going crazy at the end i mean there's just for me it's just like on bass it's a fucking fucking awesome role to be in you know what i'm saying because this pantera bass is so fun to play versus like even like the illegals fucking crazy death metal shit you know it's just like ah fucking it's just so much fun to play and at versus playing guitar which you know scours on a couple of uh Pantera covers as well but it it's a lot easier on that bass for you know for me <laughs> has, as anybody, a bass. has anybody called you uh derex while you were saying that i just was thinking about that i was like derek derex <laughs> derex brown <laughs> I ain't gonna let that go. He's gonna, be, he's gonna hear that. He's gonna hear that for the rest of That's his pretty day. Good. <laughs> Dude, it's with love. This love. It's, it's this love. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. On my, on, I gotta say, on my end, it has definitely been a, a hugest challenge playing anything dime bag related yeah. because 
when you're playing Dimebag songs, I mean, we're going to be for real when I talk about this right now. You are under a microscope. You are, if people are watching exactly what you're playing mm. because everybody knows how to play their version of walk. Everybody can play their version of, you know, so they are watching. They want to see what guitar player is playing these songs. Now you're playing with Philip. So it's even more so of a under microscope. You're playing with Philip now. So you got to, it's a gigantic challenge. And uh, I remember when this first started talking, all right, man, we're going to do these Pantera songs, you know, and Mike, you're going to be, you know, taking some of these leads. I remember telling Philip, you know, how, how uh, nervous I was. I was like, man, I've never really been a lead player. I'm a rhythm player. I can play death metal. You know what I mean? I'm not a solo guitar player. And uh, with MOD, I did some solos, but I wasn't, I was doing, you know, hardcore punk solos. I wasn't like dime bag solos. So I remember telling Philip, and we had, a, we had a sit down one time and I explained to him exactly how I felt. He turned around and told me, Mike, not even Zach Wilde can play uh, dime bag solos, note for note. Not yeah. even yeah. who's who can play dime bag solos. That was dime. He played those songs. He put those fingers on those songs. He's like, you're Mike DeLeon. You play for the illegals. He was like, just do your best. Put your spin on it. Try as best you can. Hit all the major notes and, and just do the best you can. You know, he said, you know, that's you're an illegal. You're not you're not in Pantera, you know. And once he told me that, honestly, the biggest weight of relief really was yeah. lifted off me. And I was like, man, you're right. I'm I'm not dying bag. I'll never be dying bag. I don't ever want to be dying bag. I'm just Mike. I just want to play these songs as best I can in tribute to, to the man. And, uh, but lately, and I told this to Derek and you guys are the first one. Now everyone in the world is going to know what I'm about to say is that lately I took a step backwards and I've been taking, um, guitar lessons with the guitarist out of the, out of the area. And I'm going, and I'm honestly relearning everything from scratch and I'm doing it cool. a whole new way. It's because moving forward from right now into into whatever we move into, it's going to be even tighter and it's going to be even better and it's going to be mm -hmm. closer to what the man was doing. It ain't going to be perfect for no reason, but it's definitely going to be even better than what I was doing personally in the illegals and what we already were achieving for the band. So nobody knows that, you know, I really wasn't going to tell anybody, you know, but I've, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay justice to, to the King as best as I can. And, and, you know, like I said, yeah, you got great, mad respect. That's what it you is. Know, you're like, well, just, I'm gonna play, playing, if I'm going to be the only guy that people can see Pantera, so uh, not the only guy, obviously all you guys are up on stage, but the only like live band that you guys are going to be able to see Pantera songs. Like, yeah, you're, you're like, I just want to be at the best version of myself doing it and then that's that's it so if i need to do whatever i need to do go back and take some lessons to make me feel like i am the best version of myself then fucking so be it dude and that's that's exactly that's exactly what i'm doing that's the best way to put it it's just like there's no there's no reason for no ego because i'm a line cook at, at one on my day job i'm there cooking the burgers all day long but on my on my nighttime. I'm studying and I'm just really trying to become the better guitar player 
because it's like I said, under a microscope and it's just like, you know, these people are watching and you can go read comments all day long and people can say everything they want to say. Poison, dude. It's poison. You know, <laughs> but but we're fortunately the metal gods gave me, Derek, the guys, the opportunity to be there with yeah. Philip. You know, we're the dudes in there trying to to trying to pay, you know, tribute best we can. So just for me, I'm just been, like I said, just trying to become a better guitar player, you know, to to pay respect man and and and, and whatnot so it's well it's i got definitely been, respect for you for doing that dude yeah sure. i appreciate yeah. it man. like i said it's, yeah. it, 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 it's all in the name and, I'll, and i'm glad i get to say this for the world to hear whoever's listening it's all in the name of Dimebag. he's such a gigantic influence and it seems like in 2021 it seems like he's even more of an apparent influence on us than than ever it seems like he's you know I'm on my facebook you know he's just there all the time it's like it's good to see that and uh mm-hmm. so which you know it's, it's important and uh it's just good you know it, it, we're bringing back that party vibe i don't mean to keep talking and stone yeah. and whatnot but we're just, <laughs> no, we're, i love it we're you know yeah. we're, we're, we're just trying to bring back the old school vibe we're not paying so terror. We're just and we're on that same up. level yeah, dude i mean that that it was his all-encompassing energy that everybody is that that's yeah. what keeps it alive not just the music like you joel was saying earlier those home videos were so influential to so many musicians that i knew and myself as well so it was just like everybody i knew had seen those videos you know they could count it on on all four limbs and they still got more after that you know it's just like you see that his all-encompassing energy and you're just like that yeah is is the that's the rock star you know i'd like he's to say something real super, fast yeah yeah i was just gonna say he's a super happy dude and fucking talented dude and makes great you know made great music all right go for it casey yeah that's <laughs> sick i agree man and uh yeah i like i was just gonna say that's super cool that you're doing that and like constantly like on the on the, like the the path of, of like just getting better and like we've talked about that it's like music's a pro like you're always studying like i want to be learning new stuff when i'm old like you know like it's never and that's super sick that you're just you know going for it and i'm trying man i'm trying like i said it's 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 a weekly process i've been just been taking my time learning a new song a week it's just been like going back and just taking my time focusing on a song giving myself a week and it's just been Mm -hmm. like rather than just rushing shit take my time you know study stuff and just kind of that dissect stuff you know little nuances that i was never doing now i'm like man it's making a gigantic difference and you would have not really known unless you were taking it back and really really trying again and another thing during the pandemic that i did for myself as a musician was i kind of learned the piano you know Mm, just 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 sitting here in my room recording my 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 music just messing around it kind of was another outlook on just becoming a just a better musician and whatnot just yeah. trying to just trying to learn something that eddie van halen was such a good piano player and a guitar player it's just like you know it's it's inspiring to want to try learning something new and whatnot yeah. you know that's fucking dope and also mad respect for for like what you were talking about with the solos and stuff and and you know talking to phil like that was really cool to, like to hear that kind of like interaction yeah that like, really happened i really i really yeah. talked to him I'm telling you because I remember real quick, I kind of got to get ready to go, guys, because it's kind of yeah. getting late for me. Oh, yeah, but yeah real, it's all good, Mike. But, but real, I, I just remember a story just being like a, a 20-year-old kid and my dad taking me and my little brother and, and another one of our friends, and it was the Black Sabbath Pantera reunion tour, and we had nosebleed-ass seats 
way up at top and yeah. Pantera opened up with Domination. And I was just, you know, like I said, just a kid looking down at this band that I grew up listening to and, you know, being with my dad and just being like, this is the best shit ever, you know? So thinking, man, I want to do that one day, you know? So it's, it's, it's just a gigantic, it's insane to be able to be like, man, we're the dudes yeah. out there doing it now. And, you know, it's just, it's just it all for tribute to the fucking Kings fucking Pantera, man. It's crazy. Okay, dude. Yeah. I guess the theme of this night is like full circle. It's like the, the whole thing is it's coming now. It's like, you're influenced by it and now you are doing it and you're doing, you're like, yeah, to be the main band that people see Pantera music now currently, it just seems like such a, a huge set of shoes to jump into. So kudos dude matters thanks bro dude i know we keep saying that but it's just like dude you, we got you guys on our show it's like mm-hmm. young music as young musicians and you know current musicians that have just you know dabbled in touring and all this kind of shit hearing you know being out there with the real big fucking cats is just like whoa <laughs> next level it's a new level yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will definitely go see the illegals next time you guys tour. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, like rock out to that shit. That sounds so sick. Full disclosure, I've never seen Pantera, so uh, that would be yeah, my. Me neither. That would be. I my, have not either. <laughs> <laughs> cool, dude. Now I feel so much better. I mean, Joseph, I've, you're you. We just got through how you, you're younger than us, so it's like for me, I don't really have an excuse because I did have a chance. You know, mm-hmm. I had yeah. a chance. Got to see him two times. I yeah, saw the Morbid Angel and. Me too. Saw them with Black Sabbath. It's pretty amazing. That's DK's memorable uh, Pantera Morbid Angel. That was his his show that fucking just sent him down the rabbit hole too. And Phil went on stage, or Phil actually went on stage and did uh, either God of Emptiness or something, or something like that. When he I did saw Day him. of Suffering, Day of Suffering, Day of Suffering. Mm-hmm. It's, and cool. Then, uh, it's cool. because well, uh, I've played that song with Phil in the jam room, just like us fucking around. Yeah, we've, we've, we've covered it before a few times, That's and. It's just a trip because you know he's up there doing vocals, he's singing, and sometimes he'll be behind the drums, is blasting or playing. It's a, it's a trip. It's, it's, Actually, one of the last time you guys did Suicide Note Part One. Oh, <laughs> you remember that? I walked in from, I walked into the barn and I hear this acoustic guitar. I was like, "What's going on in here?" And then those two were just jamming. I was like, "It was a moment. It was a moment to take in." It was a moment. I've, I'm surprised you uh, You were, uh, that was awesome. That was a- I walked a in and you guys were just in a suicide note part one, you and Phil, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> crazy. That's yeah. crazy you remember that, man. That's cool. Fuck I don't remember yeah. that, but I mean, I remember that. That's cool. Um. So uh, since you got to take off, can I share the uh, Flesh Hoarder Bandcamp page and have you walk us through uh, the material? Yes, uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got to get out of here soon. It's getting late here in Texas. Real quick, Flesh Hoarder. We are a very active Texas death metal band. We just played a show actually about a month ago in Mississippi. It was a hundred Mississippians going nuts in a mosh pit. It was good to hear death metal again. And uh, we are about to put out our second album. It's going to be called Relic of Putrescent Filth. And it'll be out on um, a very up and coming uh, death metal label called New Standard Elite, ran by our friend oh, yeah. Dan, who was uh, 
drummer for Inherit Disease Inherit. and whatnot. And yeah. um, yep. And uh, our album will be out here soon. We uh, we have a show coming up in Austin here soon. Uh, just brutal, straightforward, old school death metal. If you like Cannibal Corpse or that vein of just heavy low end death metal, check out some Flesh Hoarder, man. It's super sick. Five, there you go. Five pissed off Mexicans. They they probably messed up our order at the taco stand, and we took that photo right there. So it's <laughs> super sick and. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's just old school death metal, man. So check check us out. We have a new album coming out. Yeah, we dude. practice all the time, and it's it's been pretty good. And then oh, also yeah. new new illegals, man. It's gonna be out hopefully by year end. We're definitely all sending each other demos, and we're recording all the time and sending shit to each other. Hopefully here soon we can all get together in one room, smoke a big doobie, and then fucking riff away the old school way. So. Um, yeah, man, flesh holder in the illegals, man. Definitely, uh, definitely keeping busy. And and shout out to all you guys in the Cali death metal scene. Huge fan from me to you guys because I'm a, just a fan of just decrepit birth. I wore y'all shorts, the weed shorts. I wore them for a whole tour, every night of tour, every a whole year, <laughs> a whole year. Same one pair of shorts, decrepit. And <laughs> they, they smelled so bad and uh just just Fuck a yeah. nod to just to let you guys know big fan of all the death metal california has to offer so oh, shout yeah. out to that and um texas Dude. death metal all the homies all across the gigantic state new project hopefully in the works sometime soon a couple of another couple of dudes and uh, and to my bro Derek over there who just did the scour uh, stream not not that long ago um you know they're doing their thing their new albums come out and till then man y'all have a good one i gotta get yeah going, dude mike thank you so mike. much for coming okay. on mike. with us dude and this okay. this is all good we'll do it again sometime man we'll hang out and do it again anytime dude you guys are welcome anytime for sure. Derek, you gonna hang out for a little bit longer? I can hang out for a little bit. All right, yeah. Let's Ooh, just do a little bit longer. Let's do a little wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah, Mike. Thanks, Mike. brother. Well, stay, nice brother. meeting you. Thanks dude. for coming on, nice Mike. Nice to meet you, buddy. We'll talk to you cool, soon, buddy. dude. Cheers, you guys. All right, Cheers. Later, so, Derek, I've been actually today. I was listening to uh, Cast the Stone a bunch, and um. I actually, so it's kind of like that melodic, blackened, kind of melodic, thrash, death kind of stuff, right? I had a question for you, because you know that you're wearing the Dying Fetus shirt. There's a band that you kind of reminded me of. Um, has there a band, have you ever heard of, um, have you ever heard of uh, Garden of Shadows? Oh, yeah. Garden yeah. with uh, Sean Beasley. Sean Beasley. Um, I had Dying no Fetus. idea. Yeah, I know. I had no idea he was in the band. I actually randomly. Oh, yeah. Because th they're actually, that band is actually like single-handedly the reason why I actually got into death metal vocals because I was into the like, yeah, I was into like at the gates. That is a very random band. Totally. Like a haunted, like I like the melodic kind of style. I wasn't yeah. into death metal fully yet. I was in the Slayer at the gates and then that whole, you know, kind of scene. And um, I remember because I used to be like a little, uh, you know, interviewing bands and stuff when I was a little like 14 year old kid. And uh, they sent me a Garden of Shadows. Eric did a Garden of Shadows before it came out that uh, Oracle Moon. And uh, I was definitely like in my school bus listening to that, like going that literally like finally made like the death metal vocals made sense to me. And I randomly went to the um, 
the page and saw Sean Beasley's name on it. And I was like, what yeah, the dude. fuck? So I hit him up. I'm like, you were in Garden of Shadows? He's like, well, yeah, well, I was in it. But it was basically like the, uh, what's that, Injustice for All base. Like, you couldn't hear me at all. Right. <laughs> uh, He's yeah. kind of, I talked to him about it. He was like, well, you know, that I was pretty limited on the base. That's what they wanted. That's what they wanted. Like, he was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you could tell it bothered him, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, he got kind of a little chapped when I was talking to him about it. But, uh, no, it was, that's a, that definitely, I, I felt a little hint of that kind of uh vibe in there you know kind of that yeah. melodic black and dark garden like, shadows. Yeah. stone guys we listened to garden shadows back in the day damn fuck yeah we take some like... actually do you, do you call your bandmates yeah. the stones the stone the stone i don't know <laughs> no dude i watched your bass video. one day on the cannibal tour we were like late or something and he's like just plug into my rig and i was like for real and he's like, yeah, man. And that's when I discovered Sanzamp. Oh, I was yeah. like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, you got to have a Sanzamp. I've yep. been a devout Sanzamp guy ever since that night. Yep. And um, people are, oh, dark glass, dark glass. <laughs> Give me a Sanzamp. <laughs> and look what I got here. Oh, the yeah. old Sanzamp. John Beasley's Sanzamp that I played that got me into it. I bought it from him uh, nice. about a year ago. Yeah, no, Sanzamp. Uh, like, Derek Boyer got me. Has told me he's a stall dude. You got to get the Sanzamp if you want. Like, turn your tone. You know, you could have like a a very like C minus amp. Just throw the Sanzamp in front of it and go direct to house with the uh, XLR out. Actually, I've done a full summer slaughter and literally never use an amp i just had bass coming through i just was like i would like take pictures of it i'm just like there were like two thousand people and i'm like this is my rig i've done it but not not that on that level that's awesome <laughs> derek i uh, i watched your bass playthrough video that joel sent us today at, like on the cliffs of the ocean oh like, yeah that was pretty one. epic dude where where was that uh filmed like uh... sunset cliffs right here in ocean beach oh, okay yeah, yeah. I figured that's just right down the road from you, you know. Nice. I I wanted to do something for cattle there for like our monolith album and stuff. Uh -huh. It just never happened. But um I I always wanted to film there. And then Paul McGuire from Cerebral Bull, uh, he was in town. <laughs> so we, you know, bust out the drone and and did a little video. But uh nice. Yeah, it's a good one, it's a fun one. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, man, I bought this speaker for it called the Mega Boom, which I left at Phil's house on the Scour stream I just did. But it's like the best like Bluetooth speaker you could ever own. Oh, cool. I use it for that video. A little fun fact for you. Right. So what, you're, play, you're, you're playing through that speaker on that video? No, I was just jamming along to the song. Oh, okay, okay. But, you know, cool. yeah. Yeah, it's a cool spot. If you ever come down here, I'll. I mean, it's yeah, literally dude. like six blocks from here. So nice. Yeah. Do you still have your uh, motorcycle down there? Of course. Dude, we should. Yeah. Ride. We talked I didn't know you had a bike. Yeah, I got a Triumph. I got it like a few years ago. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, what are you doing next weekend? I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, totally, man. No, we should hook up soon, dude. I mean, I've, I've been. Oh, dude, too. totally. Yeah. I didn't know you were a rider. Yeah, man. <laughs> Totally. I actually haven't written in a while just because of whatever. Yeah, I I've don't been know, writing a lot. Have you? Awesome, I man. I haven't been, sorry. You have not. 
No, not lately. My like I used to ride with my dad a lot and he's been having some surgeries, but he's he's getting over it now. So I'm gonna start yeah. riding again soon. And he's got a couple Harleys and I, I like to ride his wide glide. That's like a crazy bike. It's sick, you know. My, Ooh, like, mine's a triumph, like it's a Bonneville, but it's like the like modern, it's like a 2014. But it's uh okay. it's super fun, but it's it's more of like a you know, coastal, what do they call it, cafe cruiser kind of thing, but it's not like the speedster kind, it's just chill. Well, go up to one, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, totally, dude. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, like, dude, one time I uh rode up the uh the one to go jam with Chase. Oh, um, really? Yeah, <laughs> I went up to Santa Cruz and jam with Chase. Yeah, okay, and then I was like, I'll never do that again. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, that's a awesome. long ride. It was, it was an awesome ride, but I. Wait. I went up there just to jam, like when he was in Scour, and we went over some stuff. But it was oh, a brutal right. week of riding, man. Wow, I might not yeah, be able to long... do it again. That big oh yeah, not big Sur road is uh, <laughs> yeah going to be a while till they fix that shit. So uh, no, oh, really? landslide, yeah, right. Yeah, they wiped out like a huge portion of the one. Yeah, yeah. That Going down before, one, didn't it too? Like yeah, that happened ago? to us. Like Dan Eggers and yeah. I, ten minutes after. Well, we were driving to uh, practice in Santa Cruz and 10 minutes after we drove over the part that uh, gave out or no, am I saying that right? We were 10 minutes past that spot when it gave out. So we wow. had to drove oh, off literally yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. minutes Lucky. before the fucking Damn. road gave out into the fucking ocean Damn. and they Damn. literally had to like redirect highway one for like two years over this, two yeah. years this is like south of san francisco Jesus. up there like right yeah like, yeah because yeah. yeah, you guys are coming down were you guys like blessing some like decrepit birth or something and <laughs> yeah they <laughs> yeah, look behind it's like that movie there's just like we had just started in time them. begins <laughs> and the breakdown yeah. and prelude happened <laughs> yeah. and then the <laughs> fucking highway came out dude Jesus. so I, I wanted to bring up a funny story so i remember Joel and I and, the, and and decrepit, we all flew into Berlin and we're like, all right, so we're going to like do this tour with, uh, you know, our, well, the only European tour I ever did. And it was the funnest, probably fucking thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and uh, so we fly into Berlin and, uh, and we're like there and it's like that round airport, right? You know? And so we're like cruising around, just walking around and just like, whoa, dude, we're in trip. this is so cool. And then like, we're like, well, the unmerciful guys are flying in. Like, you know, I don't know when they're getting here and all this. And my memory is like, we're like, after a couple out, or I don't know how long, we're just like walking around. And then I just see this super tall guy in a cowboy hat, like, oh, yeah. and like long hair and like whatever. And I'm just like, that's them, dude. And it was you. Like, because it's like, there's not a lot of guys at the Berlin airport in cowboy hats. Like, oh, and, totally. And so, what was I doing with my life? Jesus. <laughs> Oh, it was the best. And we're like, oh, that's when you're a booze hound. Yes. What was I doing with that cowboy hat? Dude, that was so fun. That tour was crazy. Dude, us cryptopsy, uh, decrepit, and unmerciful in a bus. Yeah. Like just driving around Europe. I mean, that was the sickest because that bus was nice. Like, remember so that bus driver guy? The German so guy, like you guys had bunks upstairs yeah. and downstairs. No, there was only bunks upstairs, but there were upstairs. double bunks upstairs. Just lounge, just drinking lounge downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a toilet you could no shiza in the toilet. Shiza no. Shiza no. Yeah. Oh man. And then it was like the guys well, who gate. 
weren't they the uh polish guys who had the gate to hell like uh oh, yeah the, be the behemoth oh, guys right oh, the shit, behemoth that's crew. Right. Uh, yeah, Behemoth's coming dude, up the, again on this podcast. The dude. Polish dudes, those guys were cool. Oh, though. Were Kuba, cool. right? Wasn't Kuba one of them? I remember Brovar. Brovar, nah, yeah, for sure. No, they Bro talk shit to Alex Bent, dude. I don't, I don't give a shit. No, that was that was no, no, that was that was. Uh, Alex uh, Bent's my home dog, right there. Oh, am I mixing yeah, yeah. up black metal bands? No, no, no. You're talking. Oh, about you're thinking of Behemoth. No, we're not talking about their road crew. They're oh, these oh, guys. Did I say a different band? I'm sorry. No, this is the crew, not the. Band. This is the crew. Oh, okay, yeah, the crew's totally <laughs> chill, dude. We yeah, drank vodka and <laughs> yeah. loaded in this stuff yeah. from Gate to Hell. Yeah, the the crew definitely doesn't have to do with that. Tony the Tiger, remember yeah. the, the the drummer, the drum tech was like this ex boxer guy and would just like get so fucked up that he oh, could literally yeah. he, could, he could stand up like this and just fall completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot about that. Oh what my god, that? video somewhere on YouTube. falling for no one. Will you explain that in better detail? That was the craziest <laughs> shit. He would just stand and then fall back flat on his fucking like head, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like just over and over like, again on the ground. Like what? And it's like they get up and do it again. And we were just like, holy shit, dude. We're my my favorite story of that whole tour That's was uh, so so Cryptopsy had a bunch of alcohol and we didn't get alcohol on our writer, so um, we would drink it obviously because you know we we like to drink alcohol. And uh, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere, and we don't have Cronar or whatever the fuck we were. So we uh, we basically <laughs> they they started locking it up with lock and key, and so oh, shit. I remember I got a hold in Slovakia, I got a hold of uh, a very nice pair of uh, of uh, lock cutters. <laughs> I just fucking snapped that shit off <laughs> and just drank like a bunch of their alcohol, and like it caused this big old fight, like oh, like no. just a big like blowout. Yeah, with uh, Eric, remember Eric from uh, the bass player? Uh, yeah, because he was kind of like an outspoken. Oh, dog. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, why was, didn't you was... bring? Why didn't you bring this up when we talked about the New Orleans Ivan situation? It's the same exact I, thing. I probably have brought it up once or something. <laughs> oh, maybe but... I did. I don't. I'm sorry. Because we were kind of like, dude, we don't eat. We, don't, we can't even have like three beers. Like, what the fuck? Like, and we were like, we're like in fucking Slovakia, and like we were like, and I was like the uh, alcohol spokesperson. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get some fucking. Do you guys have any lock cutters? And the 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 owner of the venue was like, yeah. I was all beep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slovakia, dude, that was fun. Remember that? He's like, you guys are like, this is smoking country, Slovakia. And then like, yeah, we like everyone took pictures of you. Remember everyone like had cameras. Like, yeah, you had to like wear disguises to walk around oh, there because yeah, everyone weird. wanted to take a picture with you. It was cool though, but I, I remember there like a like a little kid, like this little tiny girl that came up for me to light her cigarette, and I was kind of like culture shocked by it, like holy crap. And then like the mom was like right there, like, and I was like, I don't have a light, but <laughs> like it was just tripped me out. I was like, oh, it's culture. I just it's culture shock, you know. So like a child yeah, yeah. walked up to you yeah. with the cigarette. Yeah, like like <laughs> oh, a seven year old dude. girl. Yeah, but oh, uh, dude. um, but uh, I remember there was like a crazy like like on the side of a cliff there was like a like a coat of arms thing like carved into the cliff like huge like did you guys did you go to that castle thing it was like nearby like around the corner from the Fuck, i don't even know we like went up and in, into the castle and there was like catapults and shit from like hundreds and it was pretty cool i don't know yeah but you know, uh, like, bro, I... yeah i, I remember <laughs> uh, memories. Yeah. big d was all about he was all about christ hate remember christ mm. hate that hate. was uh the hate <laughs> so was that your band or we were trying to remember yeah. that i can't remember yeah, okay. James two-man band oh okay. yeah it's sick okay we practice we practice seven days a week and like <laughs> whoa if I, if I like took off a day like uh, king would like wouldn't talk to me you know he was just like you won't jam what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> is, uh, Christ is i mean 
Scour is basically like two and a half minute Christate songs. If you like really look at it, I mean. Okay, gotcha. It's the yeah, same yeah. style, sure. Just a little more condensed. So written for two. What is it like? Black grind. If it's short, it's than... pure buzzsaw blasting blasphemy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. We actually have a whole second Christ Hate record that was recorded in 2008. Uh, just it just needs vocals and bass, and it just haven't hasn't been done yet. Maybe one maybe one day, hate will the hate will rise. Does James? <laughs> I know he's still he doesn't, but does he, ha, he still have a drum set? Does he still play at home at all? Or he doesn't drum. He's done. It's in, it's insane. It's a shame, dude. He was. So it's it's, in, it's in shame, is what it is. Yeah, dude. He was amazing. I actually asked him to be in Scour like three times. Like I think. Oh uh, yeah, totally. It was like when it was coming up, and I was like, "What's up, man? Can you do this Hellfest or or whatever it was, you know?" Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, "I'm out." <laughs> like, yeah. cool. You're like the best death metal drummer ever, and you're just just out. <laughs> Last time I saw him was in Santa Cruz. That was that the atrium, and they played. Uh, oh, that's right. that was there, dude. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was he killed it. And I I took some footage from the side. He's just like, I remember he didn't really like, play that long. Yeah. Like he wasn't really like he played guitar first, right? And his girlfriend bought him a drum set, and he just like, oh, that's right, really yeah. good in like four years or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, he was in Origin after one year of playing drums. Yeah, Origin. That's what the nuts. fuck. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's First unbelievable. He ever played yeah. was a blast. He said he got down and was just like, boop, 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 boop. He's like, oh, that's cool. okay, whatever. Uh, he <laughs> killed it too with Origin. Like when he played at the Outcast yeah. Club, I was just like, Echoes, right? That was his shit. Dude, like, we yep. talked about it at the pound. It, it was so funny. I think he even told me that his girlfriend got him a drum set two years before I was talking to him, and he was at the pound playing an Origin. He's like, yeah, dude, my girlfriend got me uh, my drum set uh, for Christmas, which is funny. He got it for Christmas. And uh... <laughs> Hell yeah. he accepted, he accepted pretty it. Pretty metal. He accepted yeah. it for Christmas, dude. Yeah. And uh, he's just and got he's mad talented. He shreds guitar, too. And he's got sick vocals. I mean, he was a yeah, bass yeah. player in the, in the Hounds. He was the original OG bass player. So. What's that like, just, Tufts band? The Tufts or something? Or what's that? About? I don't even like, know that. Like a ball man. <laughs> I don't know what the Tufts was. I oh, okay. I don't really know much about that, but oh, yeah. they're pretty tough. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I do miss the King for sure. I, the King too, dude. I really do. Split oh, blast. Yeah. Genuinely. No fuck with the split blast. Last King time is, I saw oh, him was dude, in yeah. 2012 when yeah we came through there was severed that was the last time i saw him and it was great him and his wife were there they they got a babysitter that night so they came they both came out and we got to hang out for a while it was really cool but yeah I, you know it's just like how how things happen sometimes you know you separate even over social media and all that shit you guys I, i'm a i'm a i'm a guy who is very quiet on social media he is pretty quiet on social media too so of course we're not gonna He's really just truck on all he does. Yeah. I, 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 James I, I a few months back. Or not a few months back, a few years back. I don't know, remember why, but we ended up going to Topeka for something. And we hung out 
all night long and it was fucking the greatest oh, yeah. you know he's like, oh, i'm not gonna drink then we got wasted he like drove me home or something i don't know <laughs> things uh one of a kind you know yep definitely he, uh, I, I remember what, what, what year what, what year did you play what years did you play in unmerciful 2005 to 2010 i moved so, out to san diego and then you would have played in pacifica san right? diego no i'm saying at the um at uh the octopus lounge it's definitely we played a show with unmerciful in that oh, span of time wasn't it decrepit odious unmerciful brain drill i think so i think Something so. Like that. That was a fest yeah you guys were all, it was an off it was an off date for you guys yeah. and we booked like a, a show in pacifica right for you guys it was free I remember before, but we got a chunk of the tick or the drinks or whatever but yeah dude that was a fun fucking show too like bringing around you know, people, we always I was like whoa we get our case of beer <laughs> and then have to get another case of beer after they're like our set because we'd already be out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean i was i think i talked over it i mean well, we we've never interrupted anyone on this podcast before so uh interrupted the first me, time it's ever happened i always get made fun of because my way of interrupting people is just saying real quick um so <laughs> but then we found out that everyone says that and it's like on the news and shit everybody says real quick i'm like god damn it's everywhere now yeah, i mean it always yeah. was i don't know I, I have no original thoughts okay <laughs> i just wanted to say real talk by uh, r kelly oh what's up dude check real it out my hey, mind's telling me no all right. <laughs> the beer's back, guys. Right, so by the way, the, the rest of this back. podcast is basically going to be, or this episode is going to be karaoke. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to put on the first song right now. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, my prerogative by Bobby Brown. Derek, I'm trying to figure out. I've seen you, I believe. Uh, Cattle Decap, Revocation, Artificial Brain. Who is the fourth band on that tour? Do you remember? Um, um that was a recent one yeah 2017 um, i i was at the la show at the regent theater the first okay, night of the tour brain you know the dan was doing double duty mm. um oh what's the name of the band jesus christ oh he's got the wolf tattooed on his head and they're like noise grind um oh uh full of hell that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, full tell. Anyway, yeah, dude. Oh. Um, I actually don't know that band too well. I, I think I was outside for that set, but I love Artificial Brain and Revocation and obviously Cattle Decap, and I remember all your guys' sets. Um, but Shout yeah, out dude. Oleg, Lego. Shout out to Oleg, who we want to get on here. Um, yes. Just, we, we've we've danced around your your Cattle Decap stint. Can you, like, talk about joining up with them and, and how that whole era transpired? Sure. Yeah. Um, so my whole enter to the cattle fold happened originally in 2009 at Maryland Death Fest. I ran into, I was just there just to party with um, the My Misery Index boys, now, now the Scour boys, and a bunch of that crew. And um, I just went there just for fun. And I ran into Dave McGraw and I was like, oh, who's that bass player up there? Because it was Ra who was filling in on bass. 
uh, versus Troy, the original bass player. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, who is that? And he's like, oh, that's our guy. That's our merch guy. He's filling in. Uh, he's like, what's up? And I go, oh, what's up? And he goes, what's up? I was like, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, we'll be in talk, you know. And so uh, he called me. He's like, yeah, we'd be into having you try out. So I made a little video and they were into it. And then I flew out and I stayed with Travis for a couple of days and tried out. We played one song and they're like, yeah, you pretty much got it. I was like, well, cool. <laughs> let's, let's do this. So um, I did like three tours with them. And then I decided it was time to move out of Topeka, Kansas and uh, move to San Diego. I mean, I love my boys in the Merce, Discreet, oh, with yeah. a K, and all, all their crew. But uh, San Diego, you know, it's hard to pass up. So I moved out here in uh, September 15th, 2010. As I was driving in to San Diego, <laughs> California Love was playing on the radio. <laughs> Dre was like, from Diego to the Bay. And I was oh, like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no doubt dude it, it puts you right in your fucking vibe dude you're just like yeah hey, i'm here synchronicity's so, uh, the shit i was and then i went on tour a week later and i was you know did two records with the guys monolith of inhumanity anthropocene extinction some could argue cattle's best work i would argue cattle's best work <laughs> 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 I was super stoked on, I wrote, I did a lot of writing on both records. And uh, if anybody knows like my, my style or the bands I've been in, I should say, I think it's pretty, pretty evident of what, you know, influences I brought in. But the bass tone I went to battle with, with Dave Otero and I th- I'm super stoked on it. Monolith was great. And then Anthropocene, like my bass tone was like, can't be fucked with really. So, um, that's awesome, dude. I mean, yeah, I don't know. We have a lot of awesome shit. That's what we want to record with. So yeah, I was maybe we were like talking about like how we like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just sounds like it's a too expensive of a journey for David. That was that was in my head as he was saying it. I was like, you know what, that name, and then no, I can't mention anything about it because we're never going to be able to afford them. I mean, he does charge for his time. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that. We're not saying that he's cost too much. Everything he's, that's come out of that that dude or that spot has been phenomenal. So, yeah, of he's course. He's got a really good um, pulse on the tech death. I mean, he was doing um, Lucid Interval, you know, from uh, oh, Carnage wow. when he was like 19 or something. So that album to me was a fucking mind blowing. Oh, he did that album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been like he's the Falcons guy, pretty much. Oh. And the whole Denver. Well, yeah, because I guess Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Westminster. You know, really, but Mm. you just saw Casey's. All the hair on Casey's neck just went up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw static electricity in his hair. I mean, I love Cephalic Carnage so much. Dude, remember we played in in Europe? Well, you guys were on a different, but we played right before them on, like, what, what, remember when we were in Holland and we did that big, that festival tour or show, Derek? Uh, Netherlands Death, Death Fest or uh, Neurotic? Neurotic, 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 dude. Yeah, man. And we played right before. Hey, Fest, just, 
Yeah, man. But anyways, I love those guys. I love Denver. And- Joel, Lucid's oh, your I mean, album, right? Didn't you say Lucid Leonard was your I mean, album? Yeah, I mean, Lucid was the game changer for me. When I mean, because my oh, brother, yeah, dude. to be honest with you, like my brother um, always knew those guys since they're they're forming. He's been friends with them because he's been out in that kind of where they live and stuff like that. And he was always playing. Actually, my brother's uh, drummer ended up being their drummer. Matt Matt Loftus was their drummer for a little while. But um, yeah, they would like stop by and hang out and jam with my brother and stuff and my brother was just anytime i'd go visit and they'd he'd take me to a cephalic show and be like these he's like because i was interviewing bands when i was a little kid and he's all interview them and i was just like hey, so what i was like 14 i was like so what do you uh what do you uh do you like slayer like, i was like i couldn't believe them though i was just like because they were, brought that energy i'd never seen like the bass player would run out and go in the pit and you know the matt back, dude's like, the muscle wait, guy wait, wait, wait hold matt up the yeah, muscle yeah. Guy? so matt yeah he is matt's, matt's the, the muscle coolest, guy that yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about nicest yeah. dude in the whole world i love that matt guy. just got his ninth and, degree and he got it in um like he, his ninth bachelor's degree in uh astrophysics physics <laughs> dude, insane, like, dude. It, yeah. yeah and yeah. you know so i'm not i'm not saying this in any bad way matt didn't look like a type of person who would have that many degrees <laughs> i'm not yeah. saying yeah. you know what i'm saying like usually a guy who's like you know, over like muscular is usually not a guy kind who's a got nine degrees. Even, yeah, you know, yeah. like most he's got, of them like, he's got don't two, even have two from the Berkeley School of Music. He's got like fucking yeah, like all the physics degrees, mathematics degrees. He just keeps. Is he like them. a professional student? Like, does he get paid to go to school? I, well, he's actually. I think he might be a professor. But he, uh, yeah, his, I mean, uh, his Facebook thing is the Credible Hulk. And like it's last time I checked, Wait, it had like it had we, like half a million followers. Hold on, we just talked about all this while the professor was gone. So tell tell the professor <laughs> the Matt, professor's back the, all so, the degrees he has, dude. Yeah, no, my my buddy uh, Matt I grew up with with my brother. He's got nine degrees. He's got like astrophysics, mathematics. Oh yeah, you know yeah. You he's can't got, have like, academics talked about without, without you being <laughs> yeah. here, dude. Yeah. yeah so Derek well, uh, Joseph just, teaches at UCSC. He's a uh, mm-hmm. prof- as a Lecture. Yeah, yeah, he's a lecturer. Yeah, shit, it's right on the road. Um, Fuck yeah. And uh, I actually know your friend Joel, or I mean, uh, uh, just that you've posted uh, about his story and, and his his degree uh, seeking uh, endeavors. And uh, actually, he was at University of New Mexico for a while, right? Yeah, that's where he's so now. My one of my friends has got his PhD in physics there, and I was like debating, should I like try to connect the dots and i decided it was like too far removed but like yeah i actually toured the university of new mexico physics department when i was on tour with transcendent realm and he took us down to all the like quantum lasers and shit it was rad so damn it's fucking yeah. insane anyways no he, he jammed with cephalic for a while and he was just kind of he was kind of on the cutting edge crazy uh, i didn't know he jammed with cephalic in the I, I early early 90s he was like yeah, doing all crazy the, yeah. yeah he was all about the fusion jazz technical death metal drumming like in the early yeah. 90s and stuff like he was they were always like on the cusp of being something big and just, you know, they were kind of like the anvil of the technical death metal. Did they ever <laughs> like, record anything together? Um, Well, not really. I think they last ended, they were doing like a an improv technical death metal project is what they were trying to work on. Mm, they're trying yeah. to make it like all improv and like spastic and weird. And yeah, so Alec was all into it and stuff. But uh, anyways, that's kind of way off the deep end. L- yeah. Lucid Interval definitely was a... When I first good record, that, yes. yeah that was a good yeah. record so back and, to- and that, that was the one that actually kind of fucking because I, I liked the earlier shit a lot it was a little for me just getting into death metal at the time it was a little too hectic for me to really put my i couldn't really grasp it and then lucid interval kind of like 
wrapped it all up, you know, with, with the song Lucid Interval and, you know, Black Metal Sabbath and pseudo right. those songs where I was just like, okay, I can grasp this. This is like orchestrated madness and it's super orchestrated, which, you know, I didn't know really at the time, but yeah, no, it really changed my whole life. That album was definitely top. Yeah, five. it was a big, yeah, it changed my life too. Mm-hmm. You know, the bass drops, I think that was the first time I was like, what is going on with a bass drop, you know? And that's yeah. Dave O'Toole, 19 yeah. years old. Oh, did he did, okay. was he involved in exploiting too is or lucid was yeah his first i'm one. pretty sure yeah he was in the whole their whole thing because there was the oh, 808 on that first song too and yeah i was just gonna put my two cents in real quick exploiting was my first and then lucid was one of those anticipation records for me you know and after that it, it got a little bit different i did yeah. did he do anything after that too or did he? For sure. For he sure went, did. I, I think and I'm sorry everything. if I sound like I'm an idiot for not doing my research, but um, maybe Joseph I, can pull it up. The professor. As, as it as it happens, uh, I'm on the David Terrio <laughs> Metal Archives I had a page, feeling. and uh, I've got this golden <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> That's his backyard, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That rips. That does rip, dude. And I was just scrolling to see uh, what he's produced. <laughs> and uh, damn, look at that! Cow. He doesn't have it, anything man. above Lucid, but uh, okay. Yeah, that's what. I, so you mean, you mean before yeah. Lucid? Um, yeah, yeah, above. Yeah, isn't, yeah before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, I'm gotcha, not, gotcha. and I still love Cephalic all the way through their career. So that's I'm not saying anything bad by saying I was just saying that I noticed the change, and that's. That's shown that he, Jesus, yeah, he wasn't that. involved in anything after Lucid. So you, I, yeah, I, I was talking about broken. just noticing a change. <laughs> Did you record like with Nick on bass and all that? I thought he was. Well, didn't Did they have a different drummer on? Was Anomalies? No, they still had. They still. Had, I think the drummer changed on the something by Certainty one. That that's when. I forget the name. I'm drinking. Mis- misled. Misled. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> the professor's still on the page, dude. Uh, yeah, no, I, I know that album pretty well. That that's the one I I actually was into the band via. So, I thought yeah. the drums cleaned up a lot, but I I'm not saying cleaned up in a bad way because I like human dirtier drums, you know. And that was the cephalic feel, that vibe. Oh yeah, the old all the little splashes and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah I think those three, four double bass on the yeah. records. It's all John Merriman, but they've had different live drummers. Oh, okay. John all Merriman. the records. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I'm it's always been John Merriman. On the... Speaking out of turn, dude. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. The I mean, I could the bells. I could fact check this, but I, I, you know, that's yeah. I saw him in two thousand with the uh, the first bloodletting. I was yep. 17 i was just like dude cool this is awesome. <laughs> i've said that like on every episode almost so far. Yeah, i saw them once like chimera i think what a trip and, what a random mix huh. at the university yeah. of missouri like this kind of like <clears throat> college time is crazy well, okay, so, uh, uh, what's his name uh he also played in fetus for a while and i'm sorry i can't uh, dude, this is what happens when you start bringing alcohol back into these podcasts. My memory <laughs> yeah, I know. is way worse. You can you could say that weed's a thing. No, dude, I probably had the best memory in the last five weeks, dude. Now I got beer and, and, I, and I your can't tolerance is, is is gone, dude. <laughs> it is, dude. Sorry. <laughs> no, if, I, if I it sounds like an idiot, I'm sorry to anybody. 
Let it flow. <laughs> Who cares? Let it roll. <laughs> Doesn't matter, dude. <laughs> well, fuck yeah. I think we should. Uh, I mean, what about? So are we pretty much should we even get? I think we should do cattle? a couple more hours, dude. Uh, first, <laughs> I'll talk. I'll talk all day. Hey man, we're all in Cali now, so okay. it's not okay, like we're cool. in Texas. You know, time and, uh, cattle decapitation was recording <laughs> monolith of inhumanity. I was actually in Leonard Lenzig's uh, screen printing shop, ripping screen prints for uh, Silver Surfer vaporizers. Little, uh, oh, fun. that's right. And you guys remember when I said earlier how? Uh, Origin, the guys in Origin stayed at my house in St. Louis. They asked me if I wanted to join Unmerciful. Well, yeah. Solid Carnage was also there at my house that night. That's how deep those ties go. That's how deep <laughs> it runs. No, I love those guys. I love those guys. All yeah. of them. Me too. Yeah, Leonard, man. Leonard's Leonard, one of the remember? fucking best people. Like uh, that guy, like, right. show up. He, his brother worked for Breckenridge some... Brewery, and every time, every time we'd go through, mm-hmm. like, fucking, uh, colorado he would load up he'd fill up our van with like 200 beers like i'm not I mean. kidding like just cases like to where we couldn't even like take all of it you know it's like we'd have beer for like we'd have beer for like two days right yeah, two days to hold <laughs> yeah no that guy's the homie man fuck yeah so uh you're talking about the uh, cattle recording with dave otero so you went from what were your years so in cattle you might have already said that, but I'm drunk. 2010 to uh, the end of 2008. Damn. So a fucking eight-year stint, huh? Yeah. Eight years. I, last time I went to go see you guys, um, I hung out with everyone in your band. It was, I forget, I think Whitechapel might have been there. I don't even know. But um, uh, I was back. Yeah, I, was, I lived in Sacramento, and that's, you know, Gary Holt's town. I lived down the street from Gary Holt. I'd see him at the grocery oh, store. Yeah. On the, the on the 99 bottles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd see him Number over at over in Alberta or Antelope, Alberta area. And uh, I would see him at the grocery store, like shopping for cake and getting beer, like all the, I swear to God, one time he just had this like big old cake and he's sitting there with his glasses, like looking at the beer. And I'm like, what's up, Gary? <laughs> like, just all, just, like, He was just like one of the guys in town because it's a small little grocery store, small little town, yeah. just running to him all the time. And yeah, he was at that show backstage. I was looking for you. I think it's when you broke your leg. And I think you uh, were, you were off somewhere else. I remember hurting. How many? Some- Times have you seen me with a broken leg? What the fuck? I mean, geez, every time, wait a minute. Every time you're around, I break my leg. <laughs> no, that was uh, I was looking for you, man. But they were like, oh, I think he's like passing out or whatever. And I was like, all right. So I hung out with Dave, um, and uh, Gary Holt, and yeah, that was that was a fucking awesome show over at the uh, Ace of Spades. And um, mm. yeah, yeah. Were you playing? You were playing sitting down or something? I did for like ten days. Yeah. Damn. Had a brutal ankle sprain. Brutal. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, I, I've played every show. Like the, I remember the, I played the night it happened, and it was like severe pain. I remember one time I was just like screaming, just like ah, because I hurt so bad. I was I was playing. <laughs> oh, cool. It was really weird, but you know, Derek Boyer did a whole tour like that in Europe. With That's right. Cast. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, uh, between the Barry and me tour where right. the guitar player had like have a back surgery before he went out on tour. Hey. And he's still uh, hi. Hello. <laughs> he's like death legends. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a podcast and I'm 
millions of people are going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Social anxiety demon. There it is. Hi. <laughs> okay. <Bye>. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, nah, oh, what were we talking about? Fucking beer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Anthony's on beer. I'm totally on beer right now, and, and I'm I'm just like now I'm like ah oh, fuck, dude! I'm totally losing my way in conversation. No, no, no! It's we're okay, talking man. about touring with, with injuries as the topic. Cool. Oh yeah, oh BTBAM oh, yeah. uh, between the Barry and me. Their guitar player had to do a full sit down tour because he had broke his back or some shit. Had to get surgery, but he still fucking sacked up and went out on tour and just sat on a chair the whole tour. I saw him at the pound sitting on a fucking chair and we were still rocking out the whole fucking time, dude. We're just like, actually like super stoked for him because you're like, dude, you're like, you should be at home in bed, you know? <laughs> but right now you're at the pound and you're fucking playing for us. Thank you. And you put in a little extra for him, you know? Yeah. You know, I'll give it up to Dave McGraw on this European tour we did. And he, uh, he had this abscess on like upper rib area mm-hmm. that he had. He was like, Oh, I'm going to go have this abscess removed. I was like, okay, it seems kind of major. They put him under like in Germany or something, which is bizarre. And then yeah. he had this big bandage and he played the show like an hour after like being like awake, you know, wow. man, it's That's death insane. Cattle is pretty fast. Shit that's crazy. i remember he's like help me clean the, the bandage after the show and i was like all right <laughs> so i'm taking it off his ribs and then he like looked at my face he's like what dude what what i was like don't look man don't look don't look i was like don't look and i pulled it open you could it was just like a huge wound like this big mm. it was like you could see into all of his muscle wall like oh, instant just helping him and then he's like, well, I got to see it. He looked in the mirror and he like almost <laughs> lost it. Oh my goodness. Do they not they sew you up in Germany? <laughs> they just like cut you, cut you up and send you home? Dude, I don't get it. The way abscess is supposed to heal. No stitches. So oh, it was really? just an open Oh, because it'll just seal infection right heart. back into there. And you'll be right back in. Changing his wound. I gave up after like a week. I was like, man, you're on your own. Fuck this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I will tip my hat to McGraw. He fucking brutal. Fucking death metal. He brutalized it. That's Yikes. insane. I have to say, like McGraw coming into fucking Caldecap, like changed that whole band around. That made. I mean, I loved Caldecap back in the day, obviously, but um, once because we we you know we've told the story a million times. We you know um, Sleep Terror played at my house one of their first shows. Uh, me and Casey's old like fucking stomping grounds the thunderdome and seeing that guy i was like holy shit this guy's a fucking freak of nature right. i stomped like, there too dude by the way so yeah, yeah you stomped <laughs> a little bit um but no he like when he joined cattle i'm like all right that band's gonna be insane now that's just what's happening next like yeah fucking mcgraw's a fucking legend on drums man just brought the the fucking just the speed and the crazy and hecticness to that band. And such fucking... a cool fucking guy too, though. Like every encounter I've had with Dave is fucking amazing. Like I don't like him. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like the sweetest. No, nah, for sure. You like yeah. you're like this is the type of human you no, want. I love Dave, dude. That was a joke. 
very clear. No, dude, we're totally taking you serious. I'm just kidding. I just don't want Dave to like. All right, for the third time, I love Dave. <laughs> I know. Hey, do you like Dave? We're all on the podcast, huh? I'm gonna get like written up on Joseph's review. Here. We're trying to get Dave on the podcast. I know that uh, cattle might be doing stuff right now, so um, hopefully, getting him on here soon to uh, slap the mic around. But uh, we'll, yeah, no. we'll ask him about the abscess story. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His, hey, his side I'm- of it. Here's to the abscess story, you know. But. It'll be the first question that we bring up. Yeah. Before awesome. we get started, I just started peeling that bandage off, and I was uh, like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> damn. You know, we we did death metal all we want, but when you see that fucking open wound in your face, mm-hmm. damn, softens a man up. I agree. That's a, well, <laughs> not to that. I don't agree to that. No, I said yeah. I was a little late on my saying I, I was agreeing to Derek I wasn't agreeing to you, agreeing to you. <laughs> you're a soft oh, fuck man yeah. me. no I'm just that's what we're talking about Anthony <laughs> finishes beer and you should probably oh, it's nice. keep it's to like a, a minimum nice. now <laughs> don't help the homies you know Anthony there's a mute button <laughs> bottom left you're gonna edit post edit <laughs> yeah. no dude no, the I'm buttons just... on this uh, vaporizer right now. Are we just uh, full on Joe Rogan style over here? Yeah, yep. just, just mixing. Well, no, Joe, I... did... no, I'm right. oh yeah, go ahead, Casey. No, no, it was, yeah, it was stupid anyways. Oh, mine's pretty <laughs> stupid too. But uh, <laughs> Derek, hey, uh, you guys are. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm mining stuff. my only. So I've never met you, Derek. But my other Derek memory is is the uh, the the Amoeba Records video you did with Travis. Um, I remember that stood out because you're like smiling as you're just talking about these like ridiculous black metal bands that no one's ever heard of. And uh, it just like stood out to me. And that's, I've always thought of you as like the, the, the happy black metal fan or whatever. I don't know. So. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know yeah. what? That Amoeba video actually got a lot of hits, like a lot. I, I hear that all the time. People are like, Oh, you turned me on to dark funeral and stuff. And I'm like, Oh really? I mean, Amoeba records, but um yeah that was a that was a good time i remember we did that the morning after a show so i think travis and i had a couple beers the night before and we were a little surly but that's we the, pushed SoCal, the socal amoeba or the og and, uh, los yeah. angeles yeah yeah Hollywood, i guess mm-hmm. it shut down though didn't it that's what i heard yeah yeah Thanks, i haven't heard Kobe. that but maybe uh I think well, the San Francisco I, one's still going but i think the la one either moved or shut down they, yeah something I, yeah I remember seeing an article where uh, something about rent and all that shit. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. But no, yeah, they, they, Amoeba, um, they had a lot of cool like actors and big names on there. So it was really cool to be a part of it. And they gave us like a $75 credit to buy stuff. I think I spent like 200 bucks on top of that on just like records. And stuff, but Fuck yeah. You're not. That was a lot yeah. of I would never go there with just a small amount of money. I know I'm going to spend some money if I go to Amoeba in SF or the LA one too. I've been to both and great experiences. You just have like a couple hours in there. You're going to have a great time. Regardless of coming home, we've talked about it several times, like just logos and and art and all that kind of shit. Just flipping through all that stuff takes me back to my early, you know, 20s adolescence of going and just trying to find new shit dude right 
Dude, that's how I found one of the most epic bands ever, Eternal Lies. Are you guys familiar with them? Mm. I mean, they put out one one album in two thousand. Well, they actually just put out another album, but um, one album in two thousand, Spiritual Deception, I think it's called or something. But I just remember, like you said, thumbing through the catalog, me and my boy Jesse, and we were like, "What is this?" And it's like perfect melodic death metal. It's like the best melodic death metal. Eternal Lies. I highly okay, recommend it. Lies. I got to pull it yeah. up right now. Oh, I'll check it and out. the bass, yeah. the finger player, and the dude shreds all nice. over it. It's like EO classical. Like you said, it was Eternal Lies. Yeah, I'm listening to it right now. My headphones. Joel's always into the headphones. Yeah, that's right, yeah, dude. Have you heard of Nefast from uh, Brazil? Um, that band is so fucking good. Especially that like, first album. Nefast, how do, how do you spell good. it? Is it spelled it's all like, weird? It's like, yeah, it's like N-E-P-H-A-S-T-H, I guess, Nefast. Maybe. Or something like, did I spell that right? I think so. Um, yeah, dude, they are, their first the album, whatever it's called, I used to have it back in the early 2000s. I had a CD of it. It is so fucking rad. It sounds like Morbid Angel, like Hate Eternal, but like mixed with Christian, like, uh, but like better like i don't know it's fucking i i, I can't i i like i had that album like way back of course and then uh i like re- revisited it like a couple of weeks ago and like put it on and i was just like this is so fucking good like i couldn't believe it dude that album nefast. murders nefast yeah like I will um, check it out. the first dude, fucking eternal wise rules sorry yeah i'm checking it out too it's, it's fun, <laughs> nice no i want to see that too man dude no if they weren't um, signed i would just threw it on throw it on I'm, right i'm now. gonna after this i'm gonna check out that band too uh put dude, it my boy called- just sent me a, a band the other day uh, he plays in mirskog and emperor mm-hmm. and he sent me this band i it sounds like nefast but it was like an end band it was so fucking ripping nittinger <laughs> Oh, that's a cool N I D I N G R. These yeah. guys are fucking ripping, dude. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. Check them out. Check them out. Fuck yeah. I want to hear it. I'm just gonna put a picture of this. That's time. fast though. I'm, I'm gonna like add them to my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, do you like oh, uh I found, I found you like avant-garde black metal? Do you like any I like all metal and all black metal? Fuck yeah, dude. What yeah. I like to what I like to write is ripping blasting black metal, but I I listen to everything, you know. So um, when you write the ripping blasting black metal, what's the just throw a band out there when you're like I got just real quick like that. I just want to say this before we move on. Uh that album is called Immortal Unholy Triumph by Nefast. Check that fucking album out, dude. Yeah. Immortal Unholy Triumph. Dude, that album. This Nittinger stuff is fucking rad, too. I'm listening to Heimdallagarlder. Oh, <laughs> say it. Are you guys um, fans of Juder by chance? Uh uh-uh, uh, never heard of it. Oh, dude. dude. Juder? It's <laughs> like a. E S J U D E R. Oh, I've seen, I've heard, I've seen that written for sure. P-S-J-U-D-E-R. It's like what? ripping raw blast black metal straight into like the black and roll. It's mm. fucking 
old. Juder. What do you think about Pavor? Who? Pavor. Pavor. This Pavor. I must check this out. Yeah. Check out Pavor. You like like Bethlehem? The dark metal? uh, Some of it, I guess. Uh, Some of the vocals are really cool. Yeah. Anthony like, like, yeah. talks to that Weakling. dude a bunch. You guys ever listen to Weakling? Ryanair. Oh, oh yeah. Weakling, yeah, yeah. Weakling oh, is yeah. the shit. But I love that type of, you know, but, fucking um, yeah. wounded animal vocals. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Wounded animal vocals. <laughs> no, but like Anthony, like, I mean, oh, that, that dude who sings in Bethlehem is the bass player in Pavor. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like a crazy style. And and you talk to him. What's his name? Ryanair Landferman. Yeah. And, yeah. and you talk to him a bunch, like, like right? Like yeah, I haven't talked to him in a while, but yeah, yeah, in a while, like a few months. But yeah, no, dude, I've totally asked him to be on here. He's kind of private, dude. But yeah, I've, I've, I've definitely, yeah. uh, it been What's he very... doing with the Canadian podcast? <laughs> dude, he's a super talented <laughs> dude. He's he's this like standout. He's a bass player. Is like, you know what, dude? I'm, I'm actually going to be the lead in this band, basically. Yeah. That's what he's saying. He's like, the dude's yeah, awesome. I bass and talented. drums are normally just the rhythm section. I'm just going to be the lead guy on the strings. And sh- he'll shred crazy bass solos out of nowhere in these songs. And I just, I just like how that, that stuff stands out. So do yeah, you, and, 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 and as a vocalist, now that we're just, we're on the, the subject of bass, um, are you a finger player? Yes. You play? I, no pick, right? It is my passion, but I do play pick in the illegals. Okay. Uh, that's what they said they want. And um, it's needed for their style. And the Pantera Rex, of course, use the pick. For so. sure, for sure. I think both things are good. But my passion is finger styles. That's why when I joined Cattle, I made a point to only use fingers for we're at my tenure with them. So when you're like shredding fast, is it all four? You know, like um, your speed picking, is it all pinky, four doing right? this? It's mainly just the two. Yeah, yeah usually, just, yeah. Mainly the two. I mean, oh, unless yeah. you do triplets. You can do, yeah. I know Webster does a, he does like a weird thing. Dude, who else? Who else? Somebody the, else the, was on here saying they alternate from the ring to the pinky or something. No, no. So like uh, I toured was... with uh, I toured with Forrest from uh, Augury and uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, First Fragment and all those bands. He does one two three four one two three four one two three four one two three. Oh, so he does use the pinky. Jacob. He doesn't, Jacob he doesn't use... from Defeated. I just remembered. He Crazy. said he did some yeah, alternate mm-hmm. finger thing too. He, Crazy. He, 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 just give me Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Most Maybe people. Yeah, no. He gave it the shocker, dude. It's the two. And well, it's the like one. double yeah. bass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It's hard to do, man. The pinky ain't. You don't got much power. You know? Yeah, I mean, exactly. man, dude, that's a vocalist just saying, dude, we're cutting out the ring finger, but really he's just cutting out. No, no, no. Jacob used, the, Jacob used the ring finger. I was talking, to, well, I was thinking I was talking to him and he was, I was talking about Forrest doing the one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. He never, he never used the ring finger. So oh, I, would see him, I would see him like this. Oh, that's thinking. crazy. Yeah. He, he, his, his hand would be curled like this. And I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, this is how I do um, 16th notes. This is That's one, two, three. Bad yeah, professor I, shit. Oh, I know. Because yeah, to keep it, because keep the pulse, you know, because if you do three fingers yeah. on a four, you have to find the different pulse. Because like the, 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 the one's going to hit. But the one's going to hit at different times, though. 
Couldn't you just do the same thing with the first three fingers, though? That's what I'm saying. The pulse changes. So you, you have to go one, two, three, four, one, two, three. Oh. Then your middle finger hits four, then one, two, three. And it keeps that's crazy. Alter, yeah. It keeps, and that's like, my brain's and, hurting so that's, right now. That's where uh, force is like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two. Yeah. It's the same every time. So you know, that's the thing, honestly, is that it doesn't even matter if you're slapping it, tapping it, picking it, or bass. You just got to fucking hit those strings. That's the beauty yeah. of bass. In my opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love yeah. all, and you know, like the greats, like Flea, he gives it up for pick playing when he did his um, what's that band called where he played bass for uh, with Dave Navarro? I said to him, was it a, the one Perry? Perry, yes. yeah. what's that band? Um, James Addiction, he played that bass, yeah, that? he's a pick for that because he's like, that's what it is. So, oh, yeah, well, like Dave Wilson and Megadeth, right? He's just a pick. Yeah, totally. And did Matt sound. Freeman and Rancid? Rancid bass is fucking incredible. Yeah. Picks sound good on bass. It's a different sound. Totally. It's just a different Ooh, sound, yeah. Joel yeah. Horner from Odious Mortem, Severed Savior, <laughs> Decrepit Birth, Severed uh, Savior. You did say Severed Savior. Official now, dude. Well, that was funny uh, because that's the second time. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> now, now apparently, that band, too. It's official. Yeah. I'm going to be in every California technical death metal band before I die. <laughs> uh, i mean where, where it came from for me is just straight up just cheating so that was uh for me it was cheating because i was a guitar player and i was like i want to learn bass my dad was a bass player and i was like i don't my fingers just don't i mean i can do i've done fingers with decrepit where i just throw the pick out in the crowd and i just do a couple songs with fingers but oh showing off i know it's, it was more just like i mean also yeah. also derek boyer's power move front row <laughs> Derek Boyer, the original bass player of the band's like sitting there just like, oh my, with his arms crossed. I'm like, all right, dude, I'll do it. Jesus. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he hates picks. So I'm like, all right, I'll do a few songs with a pick. Fine. I'll do your songs. You hear Boyer pick. talk about it too. He'll be like, it's all about the value, the value. The, <laughs> the, value. the value of the three finger. He's fucking, he's the man on that. Yeah. yeah, totally. No, he does that triplet feel over the 16th or 8th feel, which he makes sound he does, yeah, a Webster thing too, you know. Yep. So no, he's in the pocket and he's nice. Yeah. That's a great I mean, he's amazing. Fucking yeah. sound. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Pocket size, for sure. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. You know what's cool because I've toured luckily, I mean I've toured with Suffo a few times, you know, and yeah. Boyer is like the first one I sound check there and the last one to leave. Like he's fucking on it for the tone and like make sure the cabs are all where they need to be like every night it's really totally. cool you know someone's got to do it and boyer hmm. boy does it yeah there's been a couple times on tour with them where i got to use his rig like three or four times yeah. and i was like what the f there's like a fucking there's an eight by ten on each side of the drums and there's one under the drums or something like that and i was like yeah, was like, yeah that's right they like, used like, to oh, put it fuck like two two yeah, 1500 1500 watt cabs like 300 3000 watts of fucking power and just be like fucking yeah. what the fuck and everyone's like hey can you turn down because like i can't hear the guitar <laughs> dude i remember like doing some shows i feel like it kind of like affected like like at jacks or places like that where we like play right before suffo and i'm like why is the stage like vibrating like i'm like playing double like, what the fuck like i had to like tell them like i don't want kicks in the monitors i have headphones so i can i just want guitars and bass and vocals in the monitors and i want to hear the kicks just in the like little earphones so it doesn't you know it tripped yeah. me out like whoa this stage is a doo -doo 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 -doo. just like i can't go fast like it's like it like conflicts with the the speed or something like because it's so much bass it's like fucking fighting subwoofers or something 
Right. Didn't DNA Lounge have that set up too? Where like the base was like right yeah, under there's the certain head. clubs that were right. like that. Like the whiskey, I think, was like that too. I never played yeah, the whiskey, whiskey, but I've heard that it was like that. Um, we played Key Club. You played play the whiskey I with us? Whiskey right before Onyx one time. That was really? a wild one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the boys be boys. You know, it was like. <laughs> I remember uh, one time we played, uh, we were uh, opening up a tour, and it was that Sober House with Dr. Drew was on with uh, Chris Adler from Guns N' Roses, and uh, oh, he was like yeah. smoking heroin, he was smoking oh. heroin like during the fucking show and stuff, and they were like catching him and stuff, but um, yeah, he got kicked out or whatever, the Sober House, and it was like the big finale, he gets kicked out. We leave like the day after the finale, and our first show at Jackson, in, in, Jack's in, um, in yeah. Virginia is with is Steve story. Adler's Steve Adler's band. <laughs> yeah. And he was the headliner. And we just like um Matt went up there and just like smoked a bunch of weed with him. And he's all, ah man, I just like weed. I don't do heroin, blah blah. And he's like sitting there like and like, yeah, I just played Dude. a bunch of Guns N' Roses covers and it was fucking rad. But they it played, like, it was like, all right, so, so what's that? It's called what's Adler's it? Addiction. Adler's yeah. Ad Adler's appetite. appetite. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean I didn't even know it until the yeah I got there's addiction yeah sorry I didn't, I I close now. no but yeah like uh um Man, it, was it was just funny like we just finished the show and then like you know we played and then suffocation played and it was so fucking dope and we're like packing up and all this and it's like oh the next band on like Adler's Appetite like and it like like a new show all these new people come in and we're like what the fuck and it's just like everyone's like chilling going to the bar and like we're gonna hang out and watch. And it was like the sickest guns. I've never seen Guns N' Roses live in my life, but I did that night, basically. You know, yeah. I mean, it was Steven Adler. Just I've never seen anyone hit a snare drum that fucking hard. Like, just like, you know, so good. And then the whole band sounded exactly like Guns N' Roses. It was so fucking rad. And we we're just like, okay, that's sick. It was so fun. Those then, some of the best nights on tour when like they had yeah. the after show, like the after party. There yeah. was this famous time in Spain where bill robinson was like doing the wizard dance and like <laughs> on like the dance floor and it was oh my god it was so funny dude, <laughs> uh, oh, oh. dude After uh, parties are good just because the energy you're like well because coming off of like performing no matter if it's a especially if it's a good show you can't fall asleep anytime soon so it's like we gotta well we gotta tone it down but we gotta bring it down slowly with an after party you fuck know? yeah well we talked before anthony about that time with the the gothic industrial kind of party that came, yeah you know, the, was it the, the the knitting factory and it was knitting like factory and that bondage was, and people and it was naked, crazy like. it was definitely a wild show but it was actually still cool it was awesome to, though we, we were like hanging out with everybody like partying like yeah. that's what i'm saying like it yeah. was two totally different camps of people that all the knitting factory did was just lift the veil between the two. Oh yeah. I was opening the doors yeah. and then everything can, you know, mingles and mixes and everybody realizes like, yo, we're all still humans and let's continue yeah, this it was party, fun. you know? Dude. And now we have options. You want to go and just dance and fuck around and have drinks. You go here. You want to go see some crazy shit yeah, coming yeah. into the fucking front room, you know? Fuck yeah. yeah. No, totally, dude. And so that's Hollywood for you. And uh, but then Derek, do you remember? And Joel just got back. So do you remember uh Berlin the first night we like were there and we went to that gothic like industrial Berlin that show at the what was it, the K something, K17 or whatever that club was called. 
Uh, SMT. We played, yeah. we played there the night before. Was that the, the name of the club? Yes. Nailed it? Damn, I nailed it. The band that played there, like, Isasu Asai. Yeah, it was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Isasu Asai. It was like full on, like, like duel to us like you know no fire but it was like it was all just super german yeah. industrial i was fucking i mean i'm a big fan of like nine inch nails and and skinny puppy and shit like that i love rammstein oh yeah rammstein i love rammstein also oh, yeah me too fucking sick the best album 2019 if you ask me no that yeah, was up there for me joel for sure. got me into them more recently because i knew do Haas, but then no, i I wanted yeah. to go see him in concert. Like that after... Deutschland song, that yeah. video, <laughs> Deutschland. I had tickets. Oh, yeah. yeah, that is a good video. Yeah, we had we had tickets too. We, uh, me and my uh, roommate Trevor, one of my yeah. best friends, we had tickets for LA. We had like really good tickets for it. Wow. And uh, yeah, you see you then. Right now. Yeah, because oh, it's two million dollars. My one of my buddies. Dude, that was a fun night though. Though you're talking. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Oh no, no. I said one of my buddies was the as like a works for them and um. He said they cost two million dollars a night to put on that show. <laughs> like for all the fun. That makes sense. No, it's insane. I mean, and if you see those, like, there's like, there's like forty-five two big million, rigs or something Jesus. like that they had need or something, or even more than that maybe. But yeah, it's insane. Really? Two million dollars. Two million a night. Yeah. To, that's what it costs to put on the show. Dude, it's I'm, like they, have you seen that? Have you seen their setup? No, I know, yeah. but that's. I mean, I know it's insane, but that's a lot of money. It takes that's a week crazy. to set their stage up. A week. <laughs> takes, so, so they can't tour like every night right no they, they have, have like they have like four or five stages or yeah they have like four or five groups of those 45 fucking big rigs that it. are ahead of each other that are doing setting up the next shows no way yeah yeah yeah. they it's have the, the every thing. night in a different city that that it yeah. takes a week to set up yep not yeah. every night but like you know probably three or four nights a week yeah how fucking rich are these dudes dude? <laughs> dude they're killing it man they sell out they'll sell out a fucking what? the biggest venue in the world in fucking three minutes like they're probably one of the they're probably the biggest metal band I would all right say. well i guess we don't need to like hype them up much more but uh, yeah <laughs> i mean, I mean shit, metallica dude. maybe but i mean yeah i don't know though but people want to see the rammstein thing they don't the music wise people aren't really caring about metallica i mean me but out, i mean rammstein rammstein no i swear to god i swear to because metallica brings home they were saying like 1.5 million a night or door or something like that. And they cost two know. million a night to set up. So I don't know. They're playing that like something seems a little they're playing like the seventy to eighty thousand venue or on uh ven uh population places. I can't think of the word. But um Metallica's playing the arenas seventeen thousand to Metallica's gotta be way bigger than Rammstein though. Well I mean, they're come I mean on, it's Metallica. I mean, maybe, but I mean I don't Coming know. Coming back honestly... into this, I'm just gonna say Metallica has Dude, is Metallica? the only band come that on. has played all seven continents. <laughs> Yeah, is they there Antarctica for Christ's sake? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about today. If you were to put I mean, Metallica and let's Rammstein. call Antarctica right now, are they going to set up a Rammstein fucking pyrotechnic dildo shooting <laughs> fucking uh, live show on Antarctica right now? <laughs> Tell me, Joel. Pretty cool, actually. <laughs> all right, I'm going to share. All right, question: If you've got Rammstein, Metallica, and Iron Maiden. What's uh, the running order of bands? Well, no, it's going to be Metallica for sure. Uh, number one, Iron Maiden. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, say, I I mean Metallica, like, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden would be one musically. To well, me, there's but, there's a respect order. I, mean, I love I love Metallica. I mean, all I mean, the respect. Well, I mean, no, I think Metallica is the biggest band that's ever in metal. Yeah. That'll ever. I mean, selling they, wise, they're the Garth um, Brooks of metal. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, selling wise, they're up in the top. 
10 of all time of all bands so yeah they're ridiculous pretty hard to fuck with yeah. that i'm just saying right now because the hype of rammstein stage shut up that there's their tickets sell out and like i had a chance to get metallica yeah. tickets for a 17,000 person venue four or five days into it they were still on sale for uh because they were 350 bucks a piece mm-hmm. for like fucking nosebleeds so people were like <laughs> Damn, fuck this dude. and people weren't doing it so rammstein goes to a 70,000 place a person thing and they offer them to you know a hundred dollars to maybe you know six hundred dollars or their their range and they're gone in three minutes so it's like so in me, your opinion is their live show better than a metallica live show? oh yeah it's not all right close. and i mean i guess i i can just because i well, don't not really have a horse in this race yeah, not musically honest, not musically it's i'm talking about visually visually talking, yeah it's like yeah i mean but it's you know I, I do know, have just... a horse in this race and it's fucking Metallica, but I'm saying, <laughs> well, dude, you're talking, it's like comparing. I know Metallica's way better musically for me and way more influential and done way more for everyone than Rammstein has. But Rammstein has that kind of like Super Bowl show that's every night that they're bringing. That's just like fire everywhere, explosions, yeah, fucking bows and arrows that are fucking shooting shit. It's and like, like Kiss. Yeah, but times like a million. Or guitar tone, though. Can't fuck with that. That you can't fuck yeah, with yeah. that. Uh, Gojira's guitar tone too. Fuck, the, you guys were talking about Gojira earlier. Like that guitar Gojira's tone live, super sick. They got a hell of a stage setup too, though. They got the nitrogen. Yep. Is nitrogen? No, no. I'm sorry. The CO2 spray. The air, the, yeah. Last yeah. time I saw them, they were all weak because usually they're huge. And like last time I saw them, they're like these little like tiny like. Pss. <laughs> like they're trying to save money. They're all. Pss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but no, they're they're always fucking. Super well, it depends. Honestly, I didn't realize this until I like talked to the crew. But like, if you, it depends on the size of the room. Like, if if it's an outdoor fest, you can be like, Psh! but if you're if you do it in a small room, it sucks all the oxygen out or so, does something crazy where you know you can't breathe as well. So, oh, got just... it. Yeah, I mean, that, isn't that what fire does? Is suck all the oxygen out of the room if you're using fire. And you're yeah. in it's not, it's not even fire. It's, this, it's, this, I mean, it's like a new sprayer thing. We yeah. just air, it's just white air. It looks like it's like a big cloud of white air. It shoots out a bunch. We've white all seen air. backdraft. So we know what happens. <laughs> yeah. you know? But like, I was going to say, I mean, Slayer has a shitload of fire in there. You know, I've seen yeah. fucking rad It was fun well. every night when they were like, yeah. some guy would yell, like do some speaker thing. He'd be like, oh fire pyro test stand clear and everyone would yeah. stop and look and just go, damn dude when when bands do that do they have to have like some kind of fire like fighter around or some kind oh, of yeah. like they do that's what i thought yeah sure. you gotta have some yeah, yeah some they have, famous they rock especially with thousands of people around on fire because of their pyrotechnics sorry what I, i'm sorry i, no. I, know, I heard three people at the same time i was like <sighs> dude start over. i apologize <laughs> to everybody who watches this episode <laughs> i hope there's an edit button on this this dude. is a learning experience for me <laughs> i'm just glad you're drinking water no yeah. but anthony's talking about is he's talking about the kirk hammett thing that happened in yeah, uh, not, see, Joel friend, knows james hetfield that happened in like montreal or something where he stood on top of a pyrotechnic that just melted his skin off Thanks, wasn't that Joel. wasn't that Thanks, james hetfield dude. Yeah, it's James Hetfield. Oh, you right. said Kirk. Oh, Hold me out of the fucking flames that we're talking about right yeah. now. What about Michael Jackson's head, man? Yeah. A Pepsi commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, Anyways. guys, I'm trying to figure out who's making more money on tour, Rammstein or Metallica. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> you got to say, I want to see Gross, not Net, because obviously Net's going to be Metallica, because Gross 
Rammstein's throwing two mil at their fucking set every night. Right, I that doubt. makes sense. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah, because... I can't find it. I can't find a direct comparison. Uh, I will say that 2019 top 10 worldwide tours, Metallica came at number four with 179 million gross. Who do you think is above Metallica? Not just metal artists, obviously. In Wrong top sounds. three. <laughs> I don't think Rammstein actually played. Did they play much? This is not. Yeah, Rammstein is not one of these top three. So they were the Rolling Stones during then. They're number five. They're right under Metallica. Wow. Jesus. Who's who's above Metallica and the Rolling Stones? Taylor Swift. Kanye West. ACDC. Oh no, it's a Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. Yeah. No. Number number three. Number three is Ed Sheeran. Okay. Wow. Number two is Elton John. and number one yeah because he did that comeback to it or whatever that's the movie nice number one is drum roll drum roll post malone pink Pink. Uh, really yeah pink she's literally the worst (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i think i mean that's based off of like metallica literally was charging like like because remember they came to the local arena that i was working at or close to and the cheapest seats were almost four hundred dollars so they know that that People will pay it, and then people just come to it, and like their their fucking front row seats are two grand. So like they're obviously yeah. gonna make the most money. Like that's like that's they charge the most because they have the supply and demand thing down. Well, actually, Stones. It's funny if if you like looking at this list, Stones made like a couple mil less than Metallica, like one oh less yeah one seventy seven point eight, basically a million less, so about the same. But they sold a million less tickets, so that means Rolling Stones are charging like more than Jesus. twice as much oh, wow. for their tickets as Metallica yeah, yeah. are. They must be well, like selling a that thousand. That also makes sense. Like, so a like, G like if we're going to do it, you got to pay for it because we're getting old. And Well, Trevor <laughs> Trevor got tickets to Rage Against the Machine and uh, he got two tickets um, in the kind of nosebleed section and they were $950. What? A piece or total? From Ticketmaster. Uh, total. Wait, wait, wait. For who again? Uh, Rage that, Against the Machine. Like that makes it better. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine. A little bit... Uh, they're raging pretty hard against that machine, or they're maybe yeah, they're capitalizing on all that non-capitalistic yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. then you could see you were able to see Rush at the same time for like 120 bucks. You know. Yeah. Yeah. In a in a very good spot. Dude, yeah, you still I have an opportunity to buy a 500 dollars Rush leather jacket, but. <laughs> Derek, what'd you say? I saw Rush do moving pictures for 20, 20 bucks. <laughs> I saw it for sixty bucks. Yeah. 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 Do that. Moving pictures in his entirety. Yeah, Incredible. yeah, awesome. Probably the the concert bargain of the century, right there. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah. it's like even going to Oz, like the one we did, Joseph. Like it was like eighty bucks or something. You know, like it's not that bad. Like we saw like a thousand bands. I got know? like a hook on that. I was like, I paid like forty five for that show. Remember? Oh, I think you got a crazy hook. You yeah, were like I hounding still... me for forever. You're like, yeah. you got the hook on tickets. I'm like, I just went to some dude in like Forest, <laughs> like a store. But yeah, yeah, yeah. like. <laughs> totally yeah um that was fun though we saw like so many bands like high on fire we saw suffocation fallujah we saw possessed you know we, yeah like, just test, walked not, no creator children of bodom yeah creator yeah. we saw creator we did yeah that was fun insane children of bodom was oh that's right we did yeah duh, yep I was on rest yeah yeah rest in peace oh yeah no, chick korea sure. rest in yeah, peace speaking dude. of which i was gonna i kept forgetting to bring that yeah. up dude chick korea man today that's uh super fresh fuck very oh, really? sad i didn't hear this yeah yeah, yeah, yeah buddy sorry to break it yeah no it's uh 
79 years old. Larry Flint went down today, too. Damn it. Oh, yeah. That, yep. Damn. Who? Larry, Larry Flint. Flint. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. Everyone's, everyone's, uh, everyone that we knew was just going to go down. We're just going to have to like have these days because we've like so many like old school fucking. Well, the yeah, boomers are hitting this, the 70s, 80s. Yeah. Yeah. All the heroes, man. And the from the Supremes. What was her name? I, I should have put her name. But right, but... Oh, dude. Yeah, anyways, anyways, I think this is probably respect, a good time uh, to. Uh, no, dude, we're just getting started going, here. We're going like three hours. Going three hours in. I'm bad, no, it is. Yeah, good to see you guys, but. Yeah, <laughs> so Derek, like, uh, so when you were a kid, tell us from like junior <laughs> high, like on, like what? Tell us the first music you ever. Heard. Tell us like your whole like every day. What was it like in high school? Like, what, yeah, break like, down every day of high school for us. <laughs> we're just getting started. Come on. I'll tell you what high school was like. <laughs> <laughs> I was um really gonna do I was a freshman in high school and I remember some sophomore you know came up and was razzling me a little bit. Uh oh I had you know I was on the football team and my older brother was on the line and some one of the linemen saw this going down so he grabbed the dude by the throat, picked him up held him up against the wall. Like that, like that meme you see with the the large woman holding the little woman, you know, <laughs> totally the same way. And he totally had my back. And then when the dude left, my brother's friend punched me in the stomach and said, "Get out of here, Engerman." That's what's missing in the world today. <laughs> they got your back, but they're still gonna fucking give you a little shit. I think I think I had a good. Oh yeah, club club going on. Yeah, that was perfect. I just felt like it was a prudent time to uh, share that with all of you. Oh yeah, (laughs) I definitely had the the hazing of the older people that were more so teaching me than just fucking with me. You know, so I I totally feel you. Probably a little bit of both. Nah, dude, older cousins, friends, or older brother slash cousin cousin. Ah, okay let's end this motherfucker <laughs> all right we're done so right, good to yeah. see everybody yeah yeah what are we going to the way <laughs> let's wrap this up by saying brother slash cousin means cousin who is like an older brother okay all right we'll see you guys next week shout out uh okay, blog Derek. uh facebook Instagram. yeah dude calidath.com check that shit out jo- joseph's fucking tearing it up over there um apple podcast listen to us youtube check us out and watch me be a fucking dumbass on this episode <laughs> and then uh if you made it this far um yeah just keep coming back tell your friends subscribe all the stars and love and blue blue blah 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 go for it dude and and um, thank you derek for coming on man we love you yeah man. Derek. yeah thank dude you. this was super got the cool. illegal big d Great to see you guys. And of course, Mike, who, uh, you know, Mike Damon had to had yeah. bail earlier. Had to bail. That's us. all good. He, uh, he yeah. missed go all the fun like times that. with this. Just kidding. No, that guy's We're so cool. Let's go for a ride. Fairly early. Yeah. Let's go for a ride. I'll do it. I'm down. Fucking yeah, dude. For sure. Yep. Let's get video footage of the Derek Casey ride along, dude. I got your number, man. I'll hit you up. I know what's up. I got you. Oh. We're gonna. Bass lessons are not. They're out of yeah. the question. 
Oh no, I well my school's gone. But yeah, well, like we were talking back, so I got your contact. But your your knowledge okay. is still there. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> this is the time to do lessons, actually, but you know, shit. Oh man, I'd take one. Oh, Can I have one, dude? I, I got two. I got Tre- Trevor gave me a oh. base, dude. Give me some lessons. Dude, yeah, dude. I'm sure he can teach some sick <laughs> shit, man. I'm sure. Yeah, bud. Let's talk later. Derek's the Fuck man, yeah. man. Yeah, you're what are you in Temecula, you said, or something? I'm in uh Irvine. Oh, you're in Irvine, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not you know, I, I, I cruise down to jam with Diego. Uh you know, I jam with him in January at in Escondido. I used to teach at Casey's school, you know, Visions in Oceanside. I was coming down, you know, a couple times yeah. a week for that. It would have been rad if you were there, dude. I mean, that would have been that would have been the most metal school of all time. But I mean, it already kind of was, but it would have even been more metal with you there. But yeah, we were talking from the beginning, but it's like a 40 minute drive, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Or it was more. just a weird timing. This would have been the perfect time, like go up a couple of the days a week or something. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm still up for it if you guys want to build something eventually. I don't know. Yeah. We'll but, see. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. See what I, you don't your know. Guns. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, man. Music and stuff. Right. <laughs> Music and stuff. Fuck yeah, let's try it, dude. I'm down. Well, I'm, I'm real. Cause I've been meaning to get out like um Yeah. We had to like renew my uh life, my uh my tags and I was just like, fuck, how many times did I actually ride last year? You know, I was like, Jesus. How long does it take you take you to get to like La Jolla area? Like like 20, you know? 20 15, 20 minutes. Maybe we can meet there because it's like in between. Where are you at? Oceanside? Tor- Tory Pines. Like, you know, yeah, I'm in Oceanside. Dude, so. 20 minutes each way, both of us, we can meet there. Exactly. I'm saying. There's all kinds of cool places. And then we, we can, can go cruise from. around down by the, yeah, we can get crazy, dude. Let's do it. Yeah. A lot of times when I go to La Jolla, I will, if I'm on the bike anyway, I'll just take all coastal routes, you know yep. what I'm saying? Exactly. It's a perfect it's a spot route. to <laughs> yeah. kind of fish through those and go down to the, yep through all the fucking coves and all that uh, shit. Lady and I will go up to like Carlsbad and stuff and just have like, you know, go have dinner or something, whatever. Barking seals and shit. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm down. It's that cool when fun. you're coming down from La Jolla and you're going down the one, you're going down that huge slope and they just got that huge ocean view right there. Maybe you're familiar Fuck with yeah. it, but. Yeah, no, I know. That little stretch, you know, right oh, before yeah. down the and stuff is fucking so sick. Hell yeah, dude. That sounds I'm awesome. down. Let's do it. I'm down. Fuck yeah. yeah. Right on, guys. Well, that was super fun. Love yeah, you all. Dude. Yeah, like Derek, said, hang out hang out for a second after we're done. We'll uh, yeah. Yeah. do a little goodbyes we'll do a little off the... Up, uh, but yeah. yeah, all that cool shit I said earlier, please uh, do all that. Give us some <laughs> uh, give us some love on the interwebs, dude. Yeah, it yeah, helps dude. us. Fuck Most yeah. definitely helps yeah. us. If you guys do edit, you know, hit head hit hard on that edit button. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, we're going. We're this one's going full out there, dude. Whatever <laughs> I said, well, I don't give a shit. So you shouldn't give a shit. I, <laughs> I think I I'm the worst one on this one, so it's all good. So you guys are bringing back like drawing up a bunch of like old school history, even from like Mike DeLeon I've never heard before and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's so, cool, so dude. fun. Well, let's do an Basically, episode two. Years in like a small like aluminum tube, you know, and uh, here we are. I learned all this kind of cool stuff. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, awesome, dude. dude! Fuck yeah! Oh yeah! Well, man, we loved having you on, and yeah, let's dude. do this again. And great times. 
Fuck yeah, dude. Um, come back next week. We will definitely have some more for you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>